Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Hello, it is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of August in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This, my friends, is the uh, Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for joining us. It is Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, join us today. 503 503- 228-4101. You can also text if you like at 52051, or you can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or our uh, esteemed production assistant, Greg Nibbler, can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Uh, coming up later on today, we have a uh, taser watch. Also a penis watch coming up later on today. We'll talk to Don Taylor from Movies.com and uh, Dax Holt from TMZ will join us uh, as well. And plus, I've got an answer to why yesterday Yoohoo was one of the top Google searches. So I'll get to that here in just a second. Because I don't want everybody to be, uh, you know, kind of stressing out about it. Uh, what else we got coming up today? Uh, we will have a pair of uh, tickets for you to see Joe Rogan. He'll be doing his stand-up Friday at the Aladdin Theater. That is the uh, day before he does the uh, color commentary for the UFC. That's Saturday. But the night before, he'll be at the Aladdin Theater. And also a pair of passes to see Inglorious Bastards. The uh, number one movie in America. And then I'll come with the soundtrack as well. So that is all uh, on the agenda today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And after just what really has to be called an Herculean effort, I was able to see Mad Men finally. For the love of God. And this has nothing to do with... It. I was all ready to, to sort of blame, uh, like, technology or something for it, or my Tebow, or, you know, that there was some something going on. We were with the cable. I've come to the conclusion it's not the cable. It's not TiVo. It's not the fact that I've gone mental. It's just that AMC is trying to screw people out of seeing that show. My theory is, and I have no, I have no factual basis for this. I have no evidence. I don't have any reason. Like I have no, um, I have no sort of informational underpinning to this accusation. I just think that AMC is trying to get people not to tape it because they don't want it to end up online. Because there are certain people who I want to identify. Who I would say watch a lot of those programs exclusively on the internet and maybe not through uh, above board means. So I think AMC is just trying to get it so it can't be TiVo'd, therefore can't be uploaded to the internet. And maybe it's because they got so uh, screwed by having episode two and three leaked to the internet. Although it may just, from what I saw this morning, it may now just be episode three that got posted early. Um, Anyway, so I, I went through an extraordinary effort to see Mad Men last night, and the reason it took an extraordinary effort, keep in mind today is Tuesday, which means that I'm still a day behind on it, because we came in yesterday and nobody had seen it. I think Tim said he was actually able to watch it last night, but the end got cut off. Yes, they were dancing around the Maypole and then, eh. that's, that's save it. or delete. <laughs> what do you mean? I want. To, where's the button that says watch rest? <laughs> 
I want to see end. I'd, I'd like the salvage button and uh, resolve storyline uh, button, please. Um, but um, I think that AMC last night was showing it at something like five minutes after the hour. And I don't think that was an accident because the TiVo listings, which are always correct, TiVo has, to their credit, TiVo really is able to accommodate almost any of those changes. But it actually said something like, tonight's episode of Mad Men will begin at five minutes after the hour and begin, uh, you know, promptly and then start, you know, end at seven minutes after the hour. And last night, AMC, I think it must have just been at the last minute, they actually started running the show at half an hour after the hour, which means I only got, I don't know, you know, the last 30 minutes of it or whatever. So, anyway, it was just with the greatest of effort that I was able to, to, to get that show finished. So we will have just a brief recap of uh, last night's episode. I'll recap the last five minutes, which Tim apparently wasn't able to see. Sarah still hasn't seen any of it, so it's no, just... I just uh, read a recap online. Just, just become more effort to, become more effort than I really thought it was going to be. It's 503-228-4101 today, uh, or you can email it's rick at rickemerson.com. Good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Good morning. I'm bummed that I never got to watch Mad Men, but and I tried. I tried for like an hour yesterday to find it on the internet, and it's nowhere. See, I know. And that's a, see, but I guess that at least you can say, well, you're just trying to scour it online. I can almost understand. Like, in that way, that's to be expected. Like, I'm actually paying for it. I'm paying to, I'm paying to watch it. Yeah, and AMC is going there. out of their way to shaft me. There have always been like 70 different links for it, and there's absolutely nothing. But I think that's based on the AMC thing. I yeah. think that springs from the fact that AMC is is making it difficult to tape it. Um, and I think that, and it is does seem deliberate on their end, because if you look at the listings, it actually does say, starts at like 8.05. I think they're trying to get even with uh, Matthew Weiner because he demanded that massive raise and want him to fail miserably. You know, the weird thing is that, and you pointed this out a few weeks ago, Tim, that we never did actually even hear the resolution of that. No. About whether or not he got paid the three million or whatever it was he was asking for this All of a sudden there was Batman. silence. There was no promotion at all. I mean, there was an article in, um... I think Vanity Fair, somebody did a piece about it, and then there were those bus boards, but that's about it. I didn't see a lot of actual advertising for that show. It didn't seem to be uh, springing up everywhere. All right, by the way, just so I can resolve this now, yesterday we were looking at Google Trends, and we saw that one of the big search terms was Yoohoo, as in the uh, the chocolatey drink. It is because of this. This is from uh, Ed. Ed says, Rick, the reason people are Googling Yoohoo is because of last night's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? In other news, who wants to be a millionaire still on television, apparently? He says, uh, some jackhole guessed on the $1 million question and lost. The question was, Lyndon B. Johnson had four buttons installed in his Oval Office, each one assigned to one of his four favorite beverages. Coffee, tea, Coke, and A, Fresca, B, V8, C, Yoohoo, D, A, and W. This dumbass yells out, quote, I am a gambler. I do not know the answer, but I'm going for it. See, yoo-hoo, that is my final answer. Give me a million dollars. And then Ed notes, oh, sorry, jackass. The answer is Fresca. Not only did he not win a million dollars, but he lost the $500,000 he had already won, and he left with twenty-five grand. All he had to do was say, I am walking away, and he would have had $500,000. What a dick. All right. Well done, sir. Thank you for clarifying. Awesome. Let's uh, pay a brief visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 509. It's going to be drizzly today. High temperatures in the low 70s. A couple pulled from the flaming wreckage of their car at I-5 have two good Samaritans to thank for their lives. The victims are pulling a boat trailer on Woodburn with a fishtail flipped over, taking the car with it, which quickly caught on fire. 
Rescuers reached the victims in the nick of time, moments before the car exploded. Portland police shot a robbery suspect last night after he ran from his car following a pursuit. This happened after the Red Apple Bar and Grill at 161st and Sandy was knocked off. He was taken down near 172nd and Stark. You, they, is he dead? Yes, he is. Oh, good for them. But, mm-hmm. but, but while, I'm, while we're on this subject, I didn't think, not that I really care, he's, it sounds like he was pretty much a waste of space, but I didn't think the cops could shoot you just for running. I mean, I mean, if you were accused of, if they thought you had killed somebody or if they thought you were, you know, you had a gun and you were on your way to kill somebody else, then I suppose they could because then it's, you know, then it's preventative. Or what ver- say. It's uh, a prophylactic see. killing. But if you just rob... He is still alive. Okay. I'll correct myself because but, he is still alive. But they did shoot him. Yes. So if you just rob a joint and then you run, the cops can shoot you just for running away from them? Sure, why not? Well, I, again, you don't hear me objecting. I'm just sort of curious. I thought that was a... That seems like a little bit of oversolving the problem. But, I mean, again, you know, it's not like he was really going to be a productive member of society. Sorry. That was me over here making the... Uh, that was. Listen oh, to wait, me. I thought that was the response to what you said. No, that was, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that was the "Who wants to be a millionaire?" sound. That was the. Uh, no, no, no. I'm. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. The answer is no, no. Right. Eugene Brown is a wanted man after bolting from the Clark County Courthouse, where he was talking to the judge about some parking tickets. Well, then he allegedly made things worse. There were reports that after he left the courtroom, he then carjacked a woman near Eighth and C Street. But the victim has yet to come forward. Brown is 25, 5 foot 9, 220 pounds, and has an afro. So the world came to a, a sudden stop last night after this Michael Jackson information came out. And now Dr. Conrad Murray's lawyer, Ed Chernoff, released the uh, following statement in which authorities recount Dr. Murray's blow-by-blow account the day Michael Jackson died. If you watched Anderson Cooper last night, you saw it moment by moment. It's creepy. And if you didn't watch it, well, you missed out. So the lawyer for this, uh, the good doctor, says, quote, Much of what was in the official warrant affidavit is factual. However, unfortunately, much is police theory. The timetable reported by law enforcement was not obtained through interviews with Dr. Murray and was implied by the affidavit that Dr. Murray simply never told investigators that he found Michael Jackson at 11 a.m. not breathing. He also never said that he uh, waited more than 10 minutes before leaving to make several phone calls. In fact, Dr. Murray never said that he left Michael Jackson's room to make phone calls at all. Yet he did. And, and the weird thing is, so he now says... He, oh, no, he's effed. Yeah. He's, yeah, they, they, you can pray to God on your own personal video all you want, <laughs> but you're still going to prison. I would like to thank you for the many gifts that you have sent me. You may I now, know how much you love me. For those to send Quentin. They, he, I think, is now saying that he found the body at 11 a.m. and then they called 911 at 1221, which is an hour and a half later. I would like to think that if you and Sarah Gregg or somebody came in and I was on the ground not breathing, you wouldn't wait 90 minutes to decide Let's that maybe the, the man ought to get some snacks sure. and then we might come back. Seriously, I'll just take a nap and regroup later on and maybe have some sort of a brainstorming session about what to do. Meanwhile, it's just I'm sitting there, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, my uh, insides, uh, you know, stopping. With your veins collapsing. Yeah, seriously. I And not only that, but I guess when he went to the hospital, they said, so here's Michael Jackson. He doesn't appear to be, you know, alive. What's up with that, doctor? And I guess he said, well, I did give him some Xanax. And never mentioning the fact that they've now determined that he had this is a massive only, amount of that. That was only one drug on the list. He, he failed to 
disclose the rest of what he gave him that Including day. that, like, propofol, that dipper propofol. van stuff. And I guess Dr. One... Sanjay Gupta had a demonstration of it last night. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, let me ask you this. You're a big fan of CNN, Tim. Are you distracted every time Sanjay Gupta comes on the screen now because you wonder why he opted not to be Surgeon General? Yes, and he's the god of good health. Uh, you got to figure that there's some other reason for that. I'm not suggesting that he has skeletons in his closet, but, I mean, if they offered you the chance to be Surgeon General or, you know, you can sit next to Jeffrey Tubin, you know, and David Gergen every night, I mean, I think you'd go for the Surgeon General position. That seems to be prestigious. It's odd that he accepted it and then opted out of it, and so now I'm just I'm taken out of the moment every time I see him on the, on the TV. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up. Candy Spelling is getting her own TV show. Hooray! She has announced that she will have her own series. Though she insists that unlike her daughter's program, whatever that is, her show will be scripted, not a reality show. Uh, let's see. So apparently this is inspired by The Hills. And, and that's Candy Spelling knows. is Tori Spelling's mom. That's correct, yes. How can right. it be inspired by The Hills when she's like 100? I was just going to say, she's she older than so much younger. Really? Is she young at heart? Do you have a well, photo like, of her? Uh, well, they have uh, they have Tori and her mother side by side, and it looks like that. Well, her mother has a beanbag face. It's like they took Corey Spelling and filled her face with sand. <laughs> you know what she is? Her mother, uh, Candy Spelling, looks like one of those. Uh, it looks like the, something you sit on. She looks like she looks like one of those uh, one of those puppets from that British show, Spitting Image. Oh yeah, where it's just the uh, it's like the weird caricature things made out of foam come to life. Or uh, I think she was the one that we described as being. She looks like dried apple artwork that your grandmother would have on the side of her refrigerator. In a nylon, seriously, yeah, made out of pantyhose. She uh, looks like evil. Hey, speaking of evil, final uh, final observation here: Is everybody here terrified of sock monkeys? No, Sarah, no. sock monkeys, scary or not? No, not at all. That's just a me thing. I think all so. Right, I've never I, heard of anyone scared of sock monkeys. I thought, I'll, well, I'll guarantee you that if you put that out there, somebody else will say that they are, but I thought I had my finger on the pulse there for a second. All right. Straight ahead, we have more from uh, Tim Riley. We'll cover this uh, Michael Next Jackson probably thing. probably have a mascot dressed as a sock monkey standing on a street corner. I saw a great mascot beating video last night. Somebody sent me one last night. It was a mascot being beaten with a baseball bat. I'll forward no. you the video. It's awesome. Straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley. Stay there. Share your thoughts with billions. I would um, honestly move from the area um, of the feces. Call 503-228-4101. Mommy, what color is a casket? This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Oh, no. I got that whole thing. My left ear is plugged up again. Hold on a second. Ah! Yeah. I'm trying to unplug do not my left do ear. That. No, I've got that because, you know, I went to you the. Have to uh, yawn. Yawn, and it'll pop it. That's not really worried. I can't make myself yawn. Now, see, if I do it now, then everybody else is going to. Then this is going to be so the, the an epidemic of it. All right. Because I went to the uh, the hospital and they did that thing of that business where they had to get the uh, the stool softener for my ear. Anyway, so now uh, I'm freaked out every time I get any sort of like a uh, like anytime one of my ears is plugged up because then I just then I fear that it, that it's just come back with a vengeance or something that the wax is taking some sort of a revenge on my ear canal. Now it makes it sound like you have stools coming out of your ears. <laughs> You were here for that. I told you that story, didn't I? I did, but I didn't visualize it in that manner. Start visualizing my ears, Tim. Do it now. Hey, do you have the story about a guy shooting his friend because he was aiming a gun at a dragonfly? I did not. All right, I'll print that out and get it to you here in just a few. Coming up later on today, we'll talk to uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles. We'll talk about how they're going to uh, fix this little red wagon that belongs to the uh, the Jackson doctors. One of them, anyway. Uh, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ and Lisa Desjardins as well. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. 
in the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 527. It's going to be a drizzly day today. Highs in the low 70s. Beware of the newest Craigslist scam targeting the unemployed. A Portlander responding to an ad offering a home-based business startup for $99. That sounds reputable. With a company called Google Blue Sky has been scammed. The company drained his entire account. This was the same credit card he receives his unemployment benefits on. Oh, so what they do is they, they ask for the card number that you get your benefits on because it's a card. Now I haven't. You can opt for the card or opt to get a check in the mail. I always opt, opted for the check in the mail. So when you get it, when you're unemployed now, they give you it's kind of like an ATM card. So or it's like the uh, isn't it the Oregon Trail card or whatever that works that so. way? Isn't that the like if you get I benefits? So. Is Oregon Trail? I is that welfare? I'm not Pretty saying much. that as a pejorative. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But I'm just. But the, 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 when they say Oregon I Trail, the Oregon Trail card was like a food stamp card. Yeah, but that's. Is that the same as welfare? But, no, well, welfare is kind of. like unemployment, isn't it? Well, no, welfare. Welfare really isn't that. Well, it's a form of welfare, I suppose. You're on the dole. So if you, I mean, it, you know, it's uh, as Grandpa Simpson would say, it's free money. But if you are unemployed, that's okay. If you get if you get blown out at your job, mm-hmm. then they cut you a check every week for eighteen months or whatever it is. Now that's unemployment. Mm-hmm. If you're unemployed. For a long, long time, Sarah, uh, Tim is waving at you. What what seems to be happening? Your phone is making noise like a mosquito. Oh, no, it's that back there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, uh, Tim just now started flapping his arms and flailing around like a hummingbird, and, and he was trying to get Sarah's attention, and then you started sticking your finger over at her cell phone, oh, gesticulating. It's something, it's something spitting out uh, grocery receipts in the back of her. <laughs> oh, I see. There's there something making a buzzing sound on the studio here. Yeah. Hey, what was that beeping sound that just started again yesterday morning? You know what I'm talking about? We were in here, and there was like an eh, eh, that started going off. I, I think that means you're off the air. Hey, you know, and can I just tell you I this? I kind of ignore those. You know, uh, now that we're just completely off point or not on task, as they used to say to me in uh, grade school, you know what you don't want to be woken up with? The fire alarm going off in your house, which is what happened to me this morning. I can't believe I didn't tell you this story. And but you and I were talking yesterday, and my fire alarm was going off. Your fire alarm went off yesterday afternoon. This morning, I forgot about that, too. This morning, my whole brain is turning to mush today. This morning at 3 a.m., uh, which is about half an hour before I was normally going to get up. I got up at 3.30 today. Our fire alarm in the hallway just started going off, and that's a uniquely terrifying sensation. That'll completely, that'll that'll F your S up for the morning. Mm-hmm. You're woken up by the fire alarm going off. Anyway, which it, it turned out to be nothing. It was just like, the, it was the battery, I think, had gotten low enough that all of the internal checks and balances on the, on the you know, on the system had gone wonky, mm-hmm. and so it just started shrieking for no reason. All right. What were we just talking about, Tim? Welfare. Welfare. So if you're... If you if you get fired, you get unemployment for like eighteen months. If you are unemployed for a long period of time, do they just keep cutting you a check, and that's welfare? Well, it's part of the same program. I mean, what what are your qualifications to get unemployment? All you have to do is a work for a while, and then b not work anymore. Correct. What do you have to do to get welfare? I say, sounding as though I'm angling to oh. get it. I don't know. I've never been on it. See, so is welfare a thing that they just give you, or do you have to go down and sign up for it? You have to sign up for it. And you go down and you say, I'm here for the welfare. So that is not the same thing as the Oregon Trail card, because I think Sarah's got it right. I think the Oregon Trail card is food stamps. Yeah, because I've seen, like when I've been at the Plaid or something, I see things that say, like, Oregon Trail card, you can't buy, you know, like, alcohol, cigarettes. No, but you can buy Red Bull on it. I saw that now. I was actually (laughs) at Plaid Pantry this morning, and there there was the sign listing all of the things that you can buy on the Oregon. And then I got all angry that they, because they listed uh, all of this stuff that they have recently added um, to, you know, to the, to the batch of foods that you can buy with the Oregon trail card. 
And among them was like five or six different energy drinks. And then I got all angry about the fact that Visa wasn't there. And I was going to pick a fight with the woman behind the counter. Then I realized it really wasn't her fault. Households but- can buy breads and cereals, fruits and vegetables, meat, fish, poultry, and dairy products. Households cannot buy beer, wine, cigarettes, liquor, non-food items, medicine, Food that can be eaten in the store and hot food. But is that that's with the Oregon Trail card? Your, mm-hmm. Okay, so I think the Oregon Trail card is just the name we give to the food stamp system here. Yeah. Now, none of these things are the same as going in uh, and getting government cheese, which is a, a thing I seem to recall doing uh, for a little bit when I was a kid. And I don't remember how that worked, though. It seemed like there was some place you would go when I was a kid and they would, like, hand you some cheese. And I realize that sounds crazy now or as though I were living in Stalingrad. But... I seem to recall that there was some sort of government food warehouse that you would go to when I was a kid, and that they would the, the man would like it could have been like the Salvation Army. It was something like that. I remember that government cheese was fantastic, though. That's the one. It's uh, the best kind. One of the overriding memories of my childhood. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've solved nothing here. Straight ahead, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, and uh, they're actually doing this great thing at CNN where, if you are listening, you know, if you're if you're a radio listener. You can email in your healthcare fact uh, to Lisa, and then she's answering like one or two of those every day. So we'll uh, talk to Lisa Desjardins to about whom? the state of the American nation when we return to us, Tim. Oh, stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop uh, gives us the latest on the Jackson case. So, now I just saw this headline. It said, arrest of doctor seems, quote, imminent, which is awesome. So hopefully that'll... I would like to think the universe will make up for the fact that it killed everybody uh, in Hollywood while we were on vacation and at least allow us to be on the air as they're uh, sort of sticking that guy in the back of a squad car. That'd be satisfying. What else coming up? Uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com. We'll talk to Dax Holt uh, from TMZ. And we have a pair of tickets for you to see Joe Rogan at the Aladdin Theater uh, coming up this Friday. That is uh, this Friday, August 28th. Got to be 21 and over, but those are coming up sometime uh, in today's show. You want to be listening for that at the news desk. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Is this, I'm sorry, we, what are we doing here? Yes, yeah, she's calling right There was no Lisa, and then, then, then there was Lisa. All right. <laughs> Tim, what headlines are we following for the people of Portland? Threatening prisoners with drills, promising to kill their children, to rape their mothers in front of them. Just some of the CIA torture techniques being revealed. Dick Cheney scoffs at the questioning of these practices. The CIA just wants to put the past behind them and focus on the future. The swine flu is back and could kill 90,000 of us. Here's something of a black rainbow this morning. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. You creep me out sometimes, man. Uh, hello, Lisa. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. Okay. Tim Tim Riley unnerves me occasionally with his uh, story selection. So if I sound a little bit, uh, you, know, you know, these are the top stories. I know. I'm just I'm just saying. It, it seems like you get You'd out be of the love. Doing a disservice to the people if you didn't give these stories. I guess that's true. I guess we can't play fast and loose with the rules. Seems like you could throw a little bit of lemonade in there with those lemons occasionally. You have the story about that guy that got beaten by uh, his employee with a baseball bat. I have it here. Yes. All right. Now that's an amusing story. That is. All right, Lisa. I have a question for you. Okay. It says, and and I guess when I say I have a question, it's not really that I have a question. It's that Mike Bascom in Massachusetts has a question. He writes, Dear CNN Radio, what is the cost of doing nothing and staying with the current health care system? Which is actually something that my wife and I were talking about uh, the other day. It doesn't seem like 
It doesn't seem like the healthcare system we have now is a model of, of efficiency, economic-wise, time-wise, in any way. Because here, you know, we've had some, uh, we've had some corporate uh, changes and realignments here at KUFO. And so I was going through my healthcare packet that they gave me, and it's like four inches thick. Most of it useless. Uh, all of it, uh, you know, confusing. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this is actually like a private healthcare system that we're paying for. And yet it seems unbelievably uh, complex and overwritten. So seems like the thing we got now is probably costing us a lot of money, you know, just as it is, right? Yes. And the problem is it's getting worse, that the estimates are that overall health care spending in the U.S., as bad as it is now, it's something like um, 14, 15 percent around there of our spending uh, that, or of our economy, that it's going to double. Now, that percentage number won't double, but the, the amount will double so that in the next 10 years, the estimates are we'll go from spending about 15 percent of the economy on health care to maybe 20 percent, and then that will keep growing, um, just going up and up. And then the problem is even worse for the federal government because it really is the biggest money stuck around because of Medicare and Medicaid, and that those two programs, the increasing cost of health care, are, are just killing the federal government's budget, and, and, and it's just going to get worse if we do nothing. But the trick is, you know, and I, I actually emailed with Mike um, yesterday about this, the trick is that so far, Democrats' health care plans aren't really much better as far as the cost goes. The, the thing that the Democrats would do is they would increase access. They'd give more people access to health care, more health insurance, but they don't really deal with the cost. The Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, has said that the plans on the table right now don't cut the cost. In fact, some of them raise the cost. And if you read through the health care bill, as I'm sure everyone has, uh, I hope not, I mean, there's not a lot in there that makes people healthier, that deals with the uh, how much health care is going to cost in America. It's just not in the plans yet. So if, if the health care plan doesn't, quote, deal with how to make people healthier or talk about the costs, is the rest of it just recipe? or something or have they just didn't think if they've cut up just pages of newspaper and they've stuck it in the middle to make it look fuller than it really is what it's Sudoku. I don't even know how to pronounce it. This, this sort of reminds me of that episode of South Park where the gnomes are coming and they're stealing Cartman's underpants. And when he goes down and, he, you know, and he, he's looking at the gnomes' master plan, and it's like, one, go into bedrooms. Two, steal underpants. Three, question mark. Four, profit. Uh, you know, it, that sort of seems to be where we are uh, with this right now. Here's a dumb question. We, we spend a lot of time, and I mean, just both parties, I mean, big sections of our government seem to spend the bulk of their day insulting the health plans of other countries like Canada. What, has there been any reaction from the rest of the world about these, uh, about how the way we seem to be framing their health care systems? There's, <laughs> I, like as France or somebody said, well, why don't you get bent, uh, America? <laughs> right. I have really good friends who are British, and they those commercials drive them crazy. They, you know, this whole, that you know, pregnant women can't get help. There's no health care for pregnant women in Great Britain. You know, they say, you know, they found the exceptions uh, and and really broadcast those stories. You know, now there's something to be said for, you know, if exceptions exist, then maybe there's a problem. But, but yeah, my friend, people from overseas who see these commercials, and from Canada, uh, I, I think it does really, really... Canadian doctors kill half their patients. Do you want a Canadian doctor? 
I have a, by the way, I have a little, uh, I don't even, it's a talking point or a meme or whatever it is you want to call it. Because, you know, the, a meme. Well, well, because, you know, and a meme is sort of a, um, it's like an idea or a catchphrase that gets passed around and then enters the common currency. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. You've informed me. Really? Is that true? I thought, you know, I had somebody the other day email me and ask what a meme was. But a it's, meme? A meme is sort of a, um, a mini mime. It's exactly what it is. It's a bra- it's a new car. Uh, it's a smart car. The Plymouth meme. No, uh, no a meme is um, is an idea or a notion, sometimes a catchphrase or a saying that gets passed around from person to person until it eventually enters the you know the uh, the collective consciousness of a culture. I'll give you a perfect example of this. Um, you know, in the in, I think 1984, there was that movie Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Nice. But as a result, now everybody who everybody probably Gen X and younger is obligated like once or twice a month to talk about an upcoming sequel, uh, you know, like uh, Inglorious Bastards 2, Electric Boogaloo. And it's just a thing, it's a joke you have to make. That is a cultural meme. That is a thing that has been passed around, and now it has become part of everybody's lexicon. Got it. Um, but the same thing happens with politics. You know this, where, they, where there's talking points, uh, like the thing of John Kerry being a flip-flopper, the I voted right. for it before I voted against it. Right. I got one right now uh, because I'm so often accused... Uh, of just helping the Republicans with everything because they because they're the you most e- well they're the most evil and so they're the most fun you know you know to talk about I mean they're you know villains are always more interesting so I got one for the uh, I got one for Democrats I got one for liberals the um, you know actually I'll do this one instead I'll do this one instead the next time that somebody starts talking about how we need uh, health you know uh, uh, private health care or the next time somebody talks about how the free market system can give us a better health care system so let's say you're you know uh, you're some guy and I'm on Bill Maher's show and you say well you know what what we need in this country is private health care where individuals can choose their own doctors we don't need the government telling you what doctor to have and then you, you know what you would say you would say this you'd say well you know uh, Michael Jackson had private health care <laughs> and then you just let it trail out while the audience goes ooh like that, and then Bill Maher, uh, you know, uh, introduces Leanne Rhymes to talk about something. That's pretty. That's pretty good. There you go. Michael Jackson chose his own doctor, but I don't know if blah blah blah. And that's all you need. And then uh, you know, and then Chris Matthews and Michelle Malkin start screaming about something, and then you go to commercial. Maybe so. Kind of taking that the next logical step. So what you're saying is that there are a few people, a few wacky celebrities. That the government should just take over their health care. Exactly. That's that's exactly. If I, in fact, if I were the, if I were uh, the Democrats right now, I would immediately begin using Michael Jackson in a bunch of commercials. You know, let's take a look at what private health care can get you, and then just cut to Michael Jackson dead on the ground. You know, the private health care killed Michael Jackson. <laughs> Do you want private health care? <laughs> and then it ends with an explosion. <laughs> It's really my only skill. All right. On that note, Lisa Desjardins, uh, have a fantastic day. We will talk to you soon. Okay, you too. All right, there you go. It says here, memes are your typical housewives that are great, great at making baked treats. <laughs> Why are you reading that? It's from the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> a meme is a housewife? Mm-hmm. That is good at making baked How are they spelling treats. that? M-E-E-M. No, no, no. I'm talking about meme, M-E-M-E. What? Meme, you're you're talking. This is a homonym. You're spelling it a different way. What, what do you mean a meme is a woman who makes treats? <laughs> That's what that doesn't make any sense at all. M e m e m e m e. It's a meme. That'd be meme. All right. I think Marisha Valier saying. <laughs> okay. Are we waiting a for meme Tim to? Yes. Is a postulated unit or element of cultural ideas, symbols, or practices, and is transmitted from one mind to another through speech. Speech, gestures, rituals. Exactly. Or phenomena. Right.
Now that's and it happens in politics all the time. That's a thing that gets uh, you know that gets passed from person to person. Like the, you know, here's a perfect example. Like during the uh, the 2000 election, there was a whole debacle in Florida, and you heard that thing where they would go, "Well, we know we counted the votes three times, and Al Gore lost every time." You know, you know true, not true, it doesn't matter. Everybody heard it, everybody repeated it. So it's just a thing that you, it's just a thing that enters the uh, the cultural currency. So you prefer this kind of meme as compared to the one that bakes cookies? No, no, no. I do like treats. Let's have no illusions about that. I'm just saying, and that Michael Jackson idea, that's free. Anybody can have that. I like you know? that a lot. You know, Americans ought to be able to choose their own doctors. Like Michael Jackson chose his own doctor. Cool. And then you just go to commercial right there. Cool. Let's go to commercial right here, huh? How about that? Uh, it's uh, Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Speaking of Michael Jackson, coming up at uh, 620, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop about whether or not we can expect to see this uh, doctor arrested and beaten sometime today. That'll be awesome. Stay there. We're live from Portland. Don't go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. I want an ascot. And good morning to you. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 620. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop about uh, the Michael Jackson. So they've said, let me understand this. So the it's not the LAPD that said it's homicide as such. It's the coroner's office, right? Correct. Okay, so they've said it's homicide and then he had too much of this propoffle dipervent. I guess one is the... One is the trade name and one is the actual, uh, um, you know, the generic name for it. So Michael Jackson had, uh, and it was packed full of, uh, packed full of that stuff. Vitamins and minerals. Yes. Right, Tim. Part of a fortified breakfast. Plus, I guess now they've had some sort of independent confirmation that the doctor came up and said, Hey, what's this? Oh, hey, Michael Jackson's not breathing. Oh, hey, why don't you go get one of those kids so he sees me doing CPR? And then they took him to so the hospital. traumatize them for life. Kids aren't worth I'm, enough. Just for my behalf. Bring me the children of Michael Jackson. And then when they got to the hospital, they said, what is this man on? And the doctor said, I gave him some Xanax and something as like a Valium or whatever, but never said, ooh, and also that highly regulated and possibly illegal drug from the hospital. Then the other doctor's in trouble. I'm, I'm having trouble. The Dr. Arnold Klein guy wrote dozens of prescriptions for stuff for himself. And then we not, found... I'm not sorry, happy to give Michael Jackson things. He wanted to get some for himself. And then we found out that the kid who played Oliver... Uh, it might be the father of Michael Jackson's children. I, I think it's just so, an attention whore. Very confusing. Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ will be joining us later on. Don Taylor from Movies.com. And at some point today, when you hear the sound of Tim Riley reciting Nickelback lyrics, <laughs> when you hear Tim Riley reading Nickelback lyrics, you want to be caller 10. Not now. When you hear Tim Riley being ca- uh, reciting of Nickelback lyrics, you want to be caller 10, you win yourself a, a pair of reserve seats. The Nickelback Friday, August 28th, that is uh, this Friday, the Amphitheater at Clark County, also featuring Papa Roach, Saving Abel, Hindler, uh, Hindler, Hinder, Himmler. Uh, Hindler, <laughs> I was doing that, I was falling into that Monty Python thing. <laughs> There's a Mr. Hilter here for breakfast. Um, includes a backstage uh, meet and greet with the uh, fine young strapping lads in Nickelback. So don't call about you might that now. To touch Chad Kroger. Yes, you may be Dreams able to lay your true. hands upon Chad Kroger. Uh, so at some point today, you will hear Tim Riley reciting Nickelback lyrics. When you hear that, and not before, be caller ten at five zero three two two eight. Uh, for 101. I was talking to Lisa earlier. Uh, we were talking about healthcare, and she said that healthcare used to cost 10% of our budget or whatever in America. Now, now it's 20%. Soon it's going to be 80%. And I was picturing America having this budget that's sort of like a pie chart. 
And eventually it's just going to be like 98% healthcare. And I was going to say 2% deep fried Twinkies because that was my go-to sort of fattening food. But then somebody sent me this. Did I not just say, don't call now about Nickelback tickets? I say, looking at the phone and seeing them ring. It's like people have some sort of reverse filter on the, on their head. All they punish someone who calls right now. All, all they hear is like Nickelback and call. Don't call, please. I was going to make this reference, though, to deep fried Twinkies uh, being the kind of go-to food that is uh, calorically rich. But between then and now, somebody sent me this email. Have you guys seen this? Uh, the, the ad for this? This doesn't even look like it can be real. Is Kentucky Fried Chicken or KFC or whatever we call them now, are they selling a bacon and cheese sandwich which has... I'm going to have you finish this sentence for me, Sarah. Based on this email that I'm reading now, KFC is now selling a sandwich. It is a bacon and cheese sandwich. What functions as the bread? Um, Chicken? Yes. Yes, that's right, Seriously. Tim. It, wow. is fr- it is a bacon and cheese sandwich between two pieces of fried chicken. That's not enough to give anyone a heart attack. Oh, that that's like even... at, uh, at the grilled cheese grill where they have um, uh, the grilled cheese sandwich with uh, made out of two grilled cheese sandwiches. It's like a burger, but um, instead of buns, it's grilled cheese sandwiches. See, that I've seen in real life, oh, though. This doesn't good. even seem like it could be real. It's called the Double Down. Greg, have you seen the Double Down from KFC? You have the, do you have any... Uh... Any inside knowledge on this? I have not heard anything about this, no, but it does sound amazing. They say that it's two pieces, of, and presumably not, I mean, it's like boneless chicken or whatever. It's not like with the bones, but it's uh, two pieces of deep-fried KFC chicken, and then between it, between the two pieces, are layers of cheese and layers of bacon. Is there an Oreo, too? <laughs> Maybe. Is the, calories it is? I, like, it matters. I mean, it doesn't, and, and again, I'm not passing, this is exactly the kind yeah, of thing I would determined. eat. No, but I mean, calories... You know, the thing is, when I was in New York, did you notice that, and I think it must be a state law, that in New York they have to put the calorie count next to everything? It was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I think they do that in Seattle as well. I don't think it's all of Washington State, but if you go to Seattle, I went to, it wasn't a Starbucks, but it was a place like that. It was like a Pete's Coffee or something in Seattle, and it gives you a little bit of shock when you're sitting there and you're looking at a menu, and if it's like a restaurant that you normally eat at, but you normally don't know what the calories are, and then you go to a state where the calorie content has to be listed... I remember standing there at Pete's and looking on the menu, and there was some sort of, they said like an Oreo mocha, you know, like espresso shake or something. And it was like 2,100 calories. It was just unbelievable. That's the sort of thing that I would just prefer not to know. I mean, there's certain things you're not eating because they're health food. I mean, you're just uh, you're just embracing them because they're uh, maybe not something you should be eating constantly, but they're satisfying nonetheless. All right, I have to go to the KFC website and find out if this is true. Tim Riley, what headlines are we uh, working on for the uh, good people of Portland today? A painted goat is found in the trunk of a car. A 13-year-old girl's ear is nearly bitten off by another girl. Paula Abdul will host the VH1 Diva special. A 13-year-old 400 boy collapses on a football field. All right, that's uh, straight ahead with uh, Tim Riley. We've also got Jim Roop joining us from Los Angeles. Later on, Don Taylor from Movies.com, Dax Holt from TMZ, and more. It is The Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay there. Back after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. They're scouring goose and commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. All right, a couple things to note here. A... I have the calorie count 
on this KFC, uh, the double down sandwich. Are you going to eat one today? Oh, I'm just looking at a photo of it right now. It's the most glorious thing I've ever seen. I, this is, I know that sounds weird. This is like when somebody will send us photos of Jessica Biel or something and I have to close them after a while because they just become really distracting. I guess the point is that Jessica Biel and a chicken sandwich are much the same, except it's not a chicken sandwich. See, that's the great thing. Somebody during the the, the break sent me an email. They're like, it's just a chicken sandwich. It's not just a chicken sandwich. A chicken sandwich is chicken between slices of bread. This is bacon and two kinds of cheese and sauce between two slices of chicken, you sons of bitches. So I'm looking at the picture of the sandwich here. Somebody sent me the calorie count for this. It is a real sandwich. There's a blog that somebody wrote about it. This is great. They're real-time observations when they go to eat uh, the KFC Double Down Sandwich. Jess says, okay, just purchased it. Sitting on the plate. Hmm, this is it? This is a sandwich? I don't know if this is worth $5. Oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever had. This is the best sandwich ever. I don't ever want to leave here. I just want to eat this sandwich forever for the rest of my life. All right. But then we have this follow-up, and then we'll talk to a Jim Roop from CNN in just uh, one moment. This says, uh, Rick, I heard about the Double Down Sandwich last week. I believe it's only being test marketed at this point in certain areas. Uh, if they smother this in gravy, I'm absolutely in. See, that's it. To me, they fear it won't be successful. Oh, no, too much food. I can't have this. <laughs> we don't know if Americans will eat this. It's just got too many calories. Well, the question is, is so Portland, how many calories does it have? I'm not going to reveal that quite yet. I'll make you guess at that. You don't get that. You don't get it that easily. But I do want to know if they have it in Portland. So we got to find out. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm very well. Good morning, sir. A bit of a busy day for you, probably, because are are we going to see this doctor uh, stuck in the back of a squad car by Roscoe Coltrane at some point today? You know, I don't know about today, um, but I think eventually, yes. The the even though all the stuff came out yesterday about um, the court documents that were released with propofol believed to be at least preliminarily the cause of Jackson's death, there's nothing official that has been released from the L.A. County coroner. They are not going to release anything until the LAPD says they can because the LAPD is continuing their investigation. We understand there's several doctors that may be charged here with various crimes. Um, Dr. Conrad, Conrad Murray, of course, the focus of the, of the manslaughter investigation. So what we found out yesterday isn't necessarily new, but it's the first time that anything was documented other than the search warrants in Houston. So we do know that, because uh, I'm trying to separate sort of allegations from, and suppositions from, from fact, and we do know that he had the, the, the drug in him. Do we know, maybe you just said this and I, and I missed it, do we know for a fact that this is what killed him or this is one of the, one of the things that killed him? We, you're, right about, you're right that we do know it was in his system now based on the documents yesterday. We do know that the coroner, or at least according to a single source in the LAPD that, and an unnamed single source, that the coroner says propofol was in his system when he died. The LA County coroner has said that too, but no official cause has been released just yet. The weird thing is, we were looking at the, something online, I forget where this was, or some story where they said that. The, the allegation was, and other hand, we don't know this for sure. It was that the doctor, this uh, Conrad, found um, he found Jackson at 11 a.m., but then he didn't make a 911 call until like 12:15 or something. And also that he wasn't necessarily allegedly wasn't necessarily forthcoming to the hospital about what drugs were in Jackson's system. And if that's true, that's sort of interesting because that is the uh, 
That raises the specter of what they might call consciousness of possible guilt. Uh, the idea that he's already thinking, oh, man, I, I may be really screwed here. Let's uh, let's start selectively uh, uh, offering up facts. And, uh, you know, who knows if it's true or not, but if it is, that's that seems right there to be, uh, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a smoking gun. Yeah, well, there's several things about that morning. Um, according to what we are told, Conrad Murray told detectives, is that, when he went to the ba- he went to the bathroom after he gave Jackson that last dose about 10:40 in the morning of propofol. Went to the bathroom, came back. Jackson wasn't breathing. He started CPR. Then he he stopped CPR to go get Jackson's uh, security guard or, or a personal assistant or something. Uh, called he called Jackson's personal assistant on a cell phone. Did call 911. Then he told the personal assistant to go get Prince Michael to come into the room. And then he went back. To continue CPR. Well, you don't even need a paramedic to tell you once you start CPR, you, you don't stop. Going. You can't just stop. Yeah. So that's a weird thing. And then when Dr. Murray went to the hospital and Jackson was declared dead, he left the hospital. He just left. And then we couldn't find him for a while. And his car was towed away from Jackson's rented home and all of that stuff. So there's several things that you're right that consciousness of guilt. Um, uh, is probably something big time that the LAPD is looking at. But because of all the other, the, the history of Jackson's medication use, the, the cocktail that was being administered that entire night, every hour something new was added to the, to the mix of drugs that he was given that night to try and get him to sleep, and finally giving in to Jackson with 25 milligrams more of propofol, it, it might be hard for some of these charges to stick. You know, it's... I mean, it's interesting that he, being a cardiologist, as you said, would start CPR and then think that his heart was some sort of perpetual motion machine that would just sort of, you know, that it was like rolling a rock down a hill or whatever. You could just, uh, you know, you just give it a push and then it's just going it, to, it'll handle the rest from there. Good yeah. God. All right. This is a whole story just uh, filled with nuttiness and, and insanity. So if there was, if you had any sort of a, I mean, is there any way you can do, you have any kind of a hunch or a guess as to how what the timeline is for this stuff unfolding, because the LAPD probably is going to take things very cautiously because there have been you know, so many cases in, uh, you know, over the last 15 years in L.A. where they, they arrest somebody or they announce something or they charge somebody, and then, it, and then it just blows up on them. Well, see, I don't think they want that to happen here, which is why they're taking their time. But now that this stuff came out yesterday, I think they have to ratchet up a notch because now everybody is getting a little anxious. Right. And the LAPD is now starting to, to step on its own toes with some of this information coming out of its own department. So I think they're going to have to expedite whatever charges they want to file. Maybe within the next week or two, we're going to see Dr. Conrad Murray and maybe even Dr. Arnold Klein, the dermatologist, up on some kind of charges. But I think it's not going to be just those two. I think they're, I think they're looking at trying to charge in some way, shape, or form several doctors or people, including some of these pharmacies, that were that were providing some of these medications um, to the, the doctors that then in turn gave them to Michael Jackson. All right then. On that note, my it's friend, crazy man. I can tell you that. It's, uh, that's the thing is, I mean, I can tell you. You can see that looming over the horizon, where the chaos is not quite here, but it's going to be one of those uh, one of those times where your life is thrown asunder and into all kinds of uh, uh, madness again. So uh, we will. Uh, what I'm going to hate. What I'm going to hate is the day 
of the indictment because the L.A. County Courthouse is going to be a mess, and I'm going to have to be down there for that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dreading that day when actually charges are actually filed. Oh, well, man, you know, it's going to be a bummer. You got to be creating your merchandise now. I mean, I know a lot of people who missed out on the swag sales for the first O.J. trial. Now is the time to be thinking, what can I, Jim Roop, other than portable toilets or whatever your idea was uh, at Neverland, what can I, Jim Roop, be selling to the people who are gathered outside the courthouse when they do the indictment? I mean, this White is, uh, gloves and food on a stick. That's what I'm talking about. All right, my friend, have a fantastic day. Thank you. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. By the way, somebody has a, uh, a bit of a follow-up here on the, on the KFC sandwich. It says, uh, regarding the uh, KFC sandwich, the test market for that is random states like Rhode Island and Nebraska. So it's unclear about whether or not it's here. That means uh, it's you can't here. go get one today, Piggy? Well, I don't know. It just says it's such at Rhode Island, Nebraska, possibly Oregon. Uh, I'm not Should we call up some KFCs today? That's, well, I, there, there are a couple of KFCs on Lombard. Are they? Uh, they're going to be open. Next to my rental. There's actually one on Powell, too, right? Powell, like 80, is that 82nd? Yes. I think it's 82nd and Powell. <laughs> Greg is gesticulating oh, wildly. The one that's like half KFC, half A&W? Well, no, there's one by there. I actually live by one. There's one on 52nd, too. 52nd is what I'm thinking of. It's right by yeah. DV8, right? Yeah, but it's all under construction. I don't know what it is now. Yes, it's right by DV8. It's right. one of those. Yeah. Taco Bell. Is it one of those? Uh, wait, is it one of those half KFC, half something else restaurants? Is no, it... it's a full KFC, but I don't know. It's all under construction, so I don't know whether uh, it's still KFC or not. Mm. All right. Uh, we have to. Uh, we gotta some... stop talking about food. No, no, no. We don't. This, we either. Well, here's one of two things. Me so hungry. We either have to quit talking about this KFC sandwich, which they may or may not sell uh, in Portland. Or we just have to we have to get ourselves one. I'm looking here, and it's it's five dollars. That's a good five dollars right there. I mean, look, whether you like it or not, whether you end up eating it, maybe it's a cup of tea, maybe it isn't. That's a five dollar experiment that I think is worth every penny. You could, and that's only for the, and that's for the sandwich itself. For a dollar ninety nine more, Sarah, for six ninety nine, you can get the combo with gonna, the biscuits and the mashed potatoes. Uh, and the sandwich itself is made of it is two original recipe fillets, bacon, pepper jack cheese, Swiss cheese, and then the kernel sauce, which I'm presuming is just. Is that just like fry sauce or special sauce or the same thing? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's just, what is it, Thousand Island and, and whatever? Oh, I would murder right now for some, like, popcorn chicken. I would murder right now. <laughs> okay. I'd kill everyone in this room. I would, <laughs> I would cut off someone's legs and set them on fire for this sandwich. All right. Hello, Tim Riley. What headlines will we have when we return? There have been bank robberies everywhere. Uh, and the group uh, trying to recall Amir Adams still doesn't have enough signatures and a Clackamas County furniture salesman is accused of raping a customer while shopping. I would cut off someone's ears for one of these sandwiches right now and then slash through their head with a skill saw. Straight ahead, Tim Riley has more news for you, as only he can give it. Don Taylor from Movies.com at 7 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 and Nickelback tickets at some point. Be listening. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Where I come from, it is normal to be gay. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk to Don Taylor from Movies.com. Dax Holt from TMZ joining us at 8 o'clock. And at some point today, when you hear Tim Riley reciting Nickelback lyrics, and I assure you it's something you won't be able to miss. You want to be caller 10 when you hear that. You'll uh, win yourself a pair of reserve seats to Nickelback coming up Friday at the Amphitheater of Clark County, featuring Papa Roach and Saving Abel as well. Includes a uh, backstage. 
That's uh, coming up this Friday. KUFO.com is where you find out more information. But uh, do be waiting until you hear Tim Riley reciting Nickelback lyrics. At the news desk, he is your personal savior. He is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 643 now. It's going to be drizzly today. Highs in the low 70s. Bank robberies are becoming Portland's newest epidemic. A short chase and crash. Dash the dreams of a guy who robbed the key bank between Holiday and Wasco. Cops tried to pull Randy Turner over an I-205 and followed him till he crashed his car at the magical land of Oz at Southeast 82nd and Powell. Then cops arrested an alleged robber of a West Coast bank branch at 82nd and Monterey. He had all his belongings in the car, including the family dog. Dog, too, has been taken into custody. A $1,000 reward being offered for the arrest of the guy who robbed the Bank of America branch at 540 Southwest Morrison. He's a white fellow wearing a black baseball cap, white tank top, and baggy black shorts. He may have changed his clothes by now. Is there some sort of, a, like, an invisible wall or something they put up at 82nd that every all chases and, you know, and all of the car pursuits? Road. They must just end there because they hit 82nd and immediately the cars just go up in a ball of flame, apparently. It's like Portland's Blade Runner set. <laughs> It's like Logan's run, but with no teeth. Yes. Here's Tim Riley. A Clackamas County furniture salesman accused of raping a customer while shopping. The woman claims Musta Daboud attacked her at closing time at the gallery furniture store when they were alone. Detectives think he may have victimized other women who are too fearful to come forward. Mr. Daboud is being held on $500,000 bail. On a totally unrelated note, David emails us and says, By the way, you guys are completely wrong about the William Frawley thing. This is our discussion about William Frawley, who was... He can't um, be completely wrong. He was Fred Mertz on I Love Lucy. He says, William Frawley was, in fact, Fred Mertz on I Love Lucy. William Demarest was Bub on My Three Sons. No, he was Uncle Charlie. Oh, see, now... He's wrong. Why are you... <laughs> like, you just you are wrong, writer. <laughs> You William <laughs> Demarest. I like how David doesn't Uncle even get a Charlie. name. He becomes you, anonymous listener. Bub was William Frawley. You're wrong. 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 Behold the scorched earth but debating have a good policies day. of Tim Riley. But thanks for writing. <laughs> now for a long-distance dedication. <laughs> Kiss is coming soon. Uh, the Portland concert date is November 17th. And before that, they're visiting Seattle on the 15th, which makes me wonder, what are they doing with those two days in between? Are they going to be here or there? So Seattle, they're going to Seattle when? The 15th of November and here on November 17th. So they're going to be at the Rose Garden. So this is going to be... So they have two days off between the two concert dates. I, I would imagine... Could Gene, they be invited here to this program? Gene Simmons will just have... He'll be one of those guys with a metal detector at the beach just looking for spare change that people have left behind or something. So they have got a... So they've got a new album coming out, and it's... Uh, people have been sending me the, the first uh, track from it at least a, a few days ago. I don't know. It's, I'm, it's, it's weird because it's like they're... The new track is called... Um, it's called uh, a Modern Day Delilah, and the album is called Sonic Boom, and it's Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Tommy Thayer, who uh, you know obviously is from Beaverton and who we've had on the show and that we've met a few times, and Eric Singer, who is the guy that plays this sort of Peter Chris character. They're clearly trying to take some like a '70s style song, and they're writing it and performing it with kind of modern technology and, re and recording techniques. So it's a weird mixture of styles. It's kind of this, it's, it's sort of a contemporary take on something they might have done like around the Love Gun era. But they're going to be touring, and there was something, there was some other bit of business with this story that I can't remember now. There was some something about the the concert performance itself. It was going to be like in three D or something or other. But so that's going to be November seventeenth at the Rose Garden. So uh, wait, be, how would their concert performance be in three D? Uh, they've done this before, actually, when they toured for the Psycho Circus album, which was in ninety. 
eight because they were at Dodger. Here's an interesting story. Dodger, what does it look like if you don't have three D glasses? It's just a regular thing, but they're um, they were they have like a, a laser setup, and then they have this sort of video screen behind them that is showing the band themselves. In other words, so you like you know sometimes band will perform bands will perform in front of a jumbotron of themselves. So if you're if you're way in the back and you can't really see them, they're in front of this huge projection of themselves. The way they did it at Dodger Stadium, I think, is that they were performing in front of a giant video screen, which was in turn just showing what was happening on the stage. But that on the screen was in 3D. So if you were just watching them on stage or if you were watching the screen, you know, you just look normal. But if you put on the glasses, what you saw in the Jumbotron was in 3D, which was kind of cool. That makes more sense. This is actually an interesting story because... I never saw that show. That show at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. I had tickets to it. It was on Halloween, 1998. Uh, Tom Likas, of all people, was there. My wife was there. I was not, because that was the week that I started uh, the show here in Portland. I was living in San Diego, and I got the, the job here in Portland in 98, 11 long years ago. And I had to drive up here because I had think on my first day was November 3rd or something, so I wasn't able to stick around. So my wife, who's not a KISS fan at all, and especially wasn't then, there's my wife with like 10th row seats or something at Dodger Stadium for the Halloween uh, show, which I then was not able So I was, I remember sitting here in uh, like my sad, uh, you know, like with the Motel 6 or wherever I was staying, just watching the, the KISS show being covered on the news on Halloween night. And the, Thousands gathered at Dodger Stadium for a one-of-a-kind concert, and I'm just, you know... Then I just uh, turned off the television and wept silently to myself. The point is, they're coming to the Rose Garden on the 17th, which is awesome. So be listening for more on that. Here's Tim Rather. A Walmart employee who was being reprimanded for poor job performance grabbed a baseball bat and repeatedly hit the assistant manager. This happened uh, as the assistant... Oh, he belted him a dozen times with the bat. A female employee was also hit during the fray. This uh, fellow, his name is George Freebolt. He suffered uh, serious injuries in the assault, and that's the victim. He was treated at the emergency room at New Haven Hospital and discharged later. But if you were talking to a guy and giving him a bad review, wouldn't it be a tip-off that he came into the meeting holding a bat? I guess he grabbed Why it. would you interview a guy who had... But, I mean, where was the bat? That where, is a good question. Was this <laughs> job review taking place in the sporting goods aisle of said Walmart? Doesn't say. Bob, I'd like to give you some really strong notes about your performance here. Oh, Can we go stand he, in the chainsaw he section? Grab the baseball bat from a display rack in the sporting goods section. <laughs> that see exactly. And, and follow the boss to the toy area. Oh, and that's where the beating took place. Okay, so he was well, a he was giving him a review mm-hmm. apparently in the middle of the store, and then the guy turned his back on the employee who he had just upbraided in public. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And the Batman had a 2007 conviction for third degree assault and received a suspended sentence. Yeah. All right. What, what is it with people not checking people's references lately? I don't know the answer to that. And are you amazed that the, we were talking about that Ryan Jenkins guy, the uh, the Megan once a millionaire? His mother says he's not guilty. A mother's love. Did she really say yeah. that? Mm-hmm. That's sweet. I hope my mom That's will say sad. that about me someday. Mm-hmm. It's not possible that he did all those horrible things. My Rick is a good boy. Mm-hmm. Do we know if uh, he was on some other reality show? Didn't we hear that he? Yes. There's some show in the vaults that no. he was on. He was in uh, that hasn't Megan aired. Wants money and I, or Megan wants a millionaire and I love money three. Now what is I love money three? It's like when it a is a bunch- sequel to I love money two. What a what a great American show that is. It's just I want stuff. It's just a bunch of like losers from a bunch of other reality shows who get on there and uh, they all like. You know, they're, they're all potential murderers. <laughs> <laughs> they all try to win like a big pot of money by doing embarrassing things. I believe. Really, like this is like really embarrassing. Like ending their lives swinging there, from there, a coat hook there's, somewhere. There's no pot of money involved this time. Do we know? Uh, this is so, so confusing. There a, so there was an internet rumor, and like Tim and I were talking about this mm-hmm. earlier, that that guy actually won. I love money. That's three. see, that was my question. So has that show aired? I guess, no, they're not going to air either of those shows. 
So there must be something there. It is the smoking gun. Wait a minute, but they ha- but they have aired Megan Wants a Millionaire. We have listener. We have a listener who's seen it. They've okay, but so they're, Megan- not gonna, they're not going to show them again. It says VH1 has canceled the shows. Megan Wants a Millionaire and I Love Money three. So I, okay, so Megan Wants a Millionaire was that was the one that he was on that did air. Then he hooked up with this Playboy uh, chick, probably killed her, ran to Canada, killed himself. But in but in that in between her, time, her Mercedes is still missing. Well, he, I would imagine he just he stuck that. I mean, that's just got to be in a ditch somewhere, probably. Mm-hmm. So b- between the first show and then being dead, he filmed this second show, which is just called I Love Money 3. Three. Which has not aired yet, and now they're saying it won't air. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that'll leak out. I mean, there's no way you can stop that. That'll, that'll leak out at some point. What is it? Has anybody seen I Love Money? No, I don't watch any of those VH1 shows. Well, it's not that I am above watching them. It's just uh, it's so hard to keep track. You and I were talking about this uh, earlier, too, that that Project Runway thing. So Project Runway moved from what? Moved from Bravo to Lifetime? Yeah. But then Bravo immediately replaced it with something that was just called The Fashion Show. So I think Bravo must be doing something where they're trying to create... It's like how Microsoft tries to own the generic of whatever program. Microsoft Money. Microsoft Word. Microsoft, you know... Whatever they just they try to own whatever the most generic way to describe a product is. So I think Bravo's doing that because I think Bravo's got something just called the cooking show too, which is a, I think a, like a knockoff of uh, of Top Chef or something. All right. Oh yeah. So even on the Wikipedia page for I Love Money Three, it says it was reported that Ryan Jenkins won I Love Money Three. Wow. And he requested an early cut of his check just days after Jasmine's death. This this uh, the email says. Hey, don't you guys wish we had some kind of magical tool or something that would allow us to look up things like actors and the characters they played? Something that would allow us to, oh, I don't know, reach out into the tangled web of the world and find answers to things before we take up valuable airtime wondering what William Frawley did and what he didn't? Only if. Well, well, I, I was correct in the first place, so I don't need any more sources. <laughs> have you thought about hosting a show on Fox News, Tim? I feel you're really missing your calling over there. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Paul Abdul finds a new gig, and this whole story is only two sentences. Paul Abdul's banking Does it on another flattening special. boxes. Uh, it involves, let's see, oh, this is about divas. And this year's edition honors Kelly Clarkson, Jordan Sparks, and some other divas from the past year, and Paul Abdul will host it. Does, is divas still code for fat chicks? Because that's what that used to be. Is uh, like a diva was like a fat girl who dressed like she was skinny. Well, it's a dumping ground for people not getting enough attention in other places. Basically, <laughs> they ought to just have a channel like a network called Dumping Ground. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch me the Refuse Channel. You just uh, you send me over one of them KFC sandwiches when you find it. Oh, we got we have more about that when we come back. Oh, and I want to know how many calories are in it. Oh, I know the answer to that. So it, we each have part of this puzzle. Uh, I have the calorie count. You apparently know something about the sandwich's availability. This is the this new KFC sandwich, yes, which is yes. a bacon cheese sandwich between slices of chicken. Yummy. Sweet, succulent slices of chicken. All right, straight ahead, Don Taylor from Movies.com will join us later on. Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. I never really thought about it that way, Greg. Thanks. I appreciate that. Covered in germs, regardless. The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget, be listening for Tim Riley. And when you hear Tim Riley reciting Nickelback lyrics, ladies and gentlemen, at that point, and not before, you be uh, caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You win yourself a pair of reserve seats to Nickelback this Friday, August 28th, the Amphitheater at Clark County, also featuring uh, Papa Roach and Saving Abel. That includes backstage meet and greet. 
that is when you hear Tim Riley reciting Nickelback lyrics. That'll be uh, coming up at some point in the very near future. Okay, so we have an update on the the hunt for, for what might be the greatest sandwich. Nay, the greatest single object in all of the known world. You have no idea. You haven't tried it. But see, but that but that's why it's the best thing ever. I mean, it, it seems like there's a floor beyond which it cannot go. In other words, I, just by definition, it seems like it's got to be good. But this KFC thing, because I have not yet tried it, it's like the woman you haven't yet dated. You know what I mean? You don't know about all of her irritating uh, quirks or habits or behaviors. Uh, you know, she still seems uh, flawless. So it is with this sandwich. So it's, this is from KFC. It's called the Double Down. I have the calorie count. You apparently know about its availability. I'll trade you my calorie count for your availability. Okay. All right. Well, somebody wrote me and said uh, Oregon, because they're only picking uh, particular states, and I guess Oregon is not a tex- test oh, market come on, for a double really? Down. It's really not a chicken-loving state. <sighs> I know. Somebody made calls this weekend and got several angry replies, and the KFC on 52nd Powell's becoming a muchas gracias, which that doesn't seem true because they just made... Uh, the old Arby's. When you say it's power. becoming a muchas gracias, is that code for something? There's nothing the, wrong with a muchas gracias. It's a taco chain. Oh, oh, like the uh, no, no, no. That's wrong, though. That's wrong. It, it's People not are because wrong the second time today. No, because that's the, your thing. There's because the Arby's just became muchas gracias God, could, on like forty second. Could we spend more time talking about fried things on this show? Yeah, it's the Arby's that's at Powell and forty first, forty third, something like that. Yeah, right Somewhere by that Les Schwab the, yeah, or right, something. Yeah, right, like past the Safeway. See, and it, I've never been to a muchas gracias. I'm sure it's a fine place. Yes, they have one at Tanisport. Now. Do they, Tim? Mm-hmm. Is that the is that how you know something's good when they have something? It's like the Tannisborn stamp of approval. When they when they got rid of that Arby's, I was really really down about that because I'm a big fan of Arby's. Uh, Arby's got those uh, spicy curly fries too. Although I say had because now I don't even know. Is there another Arby's somewhere? Greg, yes. is there another Arby's? I there's don't one? know. You know, I have never been a fan of Arby's, so I can't. I can't take really that back. I love Arby's. Oh god, there, I hate, there's I hate one the in St. John's on Lombard between the two Kentucky Fried Chickens and the Dairy Queen. <laughs> Lombard, really? Yes. Uh, Lombard is paradise for you. That's like telling me that there's a diamond ring at the bottom of a sewer. You never live... live I mean, there's something for you like every block. In St. John's? Something you like. Well, but that's every like, block But it's St. like John. a Greek punishment. It's like all the things I love have been put deep, deep, deep inside a place that I never wish to go to. And I mean, like, no offense. If y'all live there or perhaps somebody has real estate there <coughs> that they're trying to sell... <laughs> I'm not the, trying to sell anything. The market is on the upswing and it's a great it place is. to buy. Yes, someone, it, Tim, someone told me that uh, St. John's is a city on the move. That that's a place I ought to be buying property. You shouldn't be so facetious. Really? If only you knew the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving you any more advice for free. Because you just throw it in my face and make a mockery of it all. Because I just use it as an opportunity to talk about William Frawley. By the way, <laughs> I went to uh, Wikipedia, and not that we needed more evidence that you were correct about this, Tim, but uh, William Demarest, who, of course, plays Uncle Charlie. Demarest. On, yeah, Demarest. Is it Demarest? Demarest. Doesn't sound like a drug. You should try De- Demarest. Sounds Doctor, like Doctor, a- I need some Demarest right away. <laughs> sounds like a thing. After that- I make a few phone calls, lie there, and I'll check on you later. Demarest sounds like a thing that Dave Schmicky would take before he uh, has midnight relations with his wife. Um, so he played Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. After William Frawley left, right? Because- it was kind of like Larry King. And because Being the, in charge of the house. Because, sound and I guess they couldn't insure William Frawley because of what they colloquially refer to as his failing health, uh, which is I think he was failing to, to put down the bottle of whiskey that he was drinking all the time because I think he had a well-documented problem with uh, with alcohol. And you're right, he was sort of like a Larry King, sort of a, sort of, oh, Uncle Charlie, I got a it's question. Like Larry well, King damn it, Ernie, what's your question? Larry King with an iron and an apron. <laughs> I mean, does, does somebody exist like that in real life? No. A- anywhere except for a television program? Ernie, did I ever tell you about the best phosphate how, I ever had How do they convince a guy who talked like that to put on an apron and iron <laughs> and cook? 
What did it take to make that happen? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Oh, wow. Only All on right. television, I tell you. Uh, this is where we would normally be uh, talking to uh, to Don Taylor, but we're going to uh, get underway with that here in just a moment. I have to say this about, so the KFC thing is not available here, though. That's the bottom no. line? Yes, could we get it, it says. Could we get someone else to mail it to us? What? Why would you want to mail like a hot, stinky sandwich? Well, it wouldn't be. It would chicken by country. mail. It wouldn't be hot by the time I got here, of course, but we have microwave ovens now. Then you're going to get sick and it's going to be gross. Grease would be like soaking through the box. It wouldn't even make it here, actually. There's nothing going to be in the box that wasn't there when they put it in to begin with. It's not like there's going to be ingredients added to the well, sandwich you know while what the it's mailed. Do you the state is or places where they're actually going to have it? Do we have a definitive list of states that have Isn't the KFC Double Down Sandwich? No. Uh, we heard Rhode Island and somebody, Rhode Island and Nebraska. I don't know how heard, far away I Nebraska it was, is. It's in the middle of the country. Uh, see, but I think so too, but that's only because I don't know where it is, so I assume it's in the middle of the I country. I drove through it once. It's boring and long, and it's mostly like Commodore. And chicken <laughs> get, does William Frawley live there? And chicken will get bad pretty quickly, too. Uh, no, but see, it's cooked. But, but it doesn't but, matter but if it's still, cooked, it's still going to be bad. You put it not, in your mouth, you're going to be poisoned. You know, I, it, then who are we going to find to do the show? Are we welcoming uh, uh, Don Taylor to the uh, to yeah, the show to make a, an initial observation? Yes? Why don't you ask a KFC to give you the ingredients and just assemble it yourself? It's They've secret. got they, now, they have everything there, so they'll give you the, the identical two pieces of chicken, the identical two pieces of, of, of cheese, uh, the same bacon they use, and a dollop of sauce. I think someone is forgetting about the 11 secret herbs and spices. Little Miss doesn't know pop culture. But no, but they'll already they already do bread and and cook the chicken breasts for this for the actual regular sandwich. But these seem like different. This seems like a different style of chicken that no, they're offering it's, here. No, it, it wouldn't be though. That's so you're the whole saying point if, of the fast food is they invent new things out of things they already have. Hence the famous bowl. So if I so if I asked for the component ingredients yeah, you're saying, then you could just stack it yourself and get the experience. I suppose. All right. Well, now I got Now I have a whole new thing to put in my day planner for this afternoon. Fine component ingredients. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, Don Taylor about uh, what is coming out on DVD. And we have it. We and we mentioned this yesterday. That you wrote a column for Movies. dot com yes. about which I got a ton of email. I wasn't even here. I was in New York. So we'll discuss that and talk about why it angered people. So. You stay there. We return uh, momentarily, ladies and gentlemen. And at this juncture, if you are Connor 10, you're going to win yourself a pair of tickets to see Joe Rogan this Friday. This Friday is going to be the Aladdin. He'll be uh, doing the color commentary for the UFC event on Saturday. The night before, he'll be doing his stand-up at the Aladdin. you got to be 21 and over. But if you are uh, Connor 10 right now, you win a pair of tickets to see Joe Rogan. 503-228-4101. We're live from Portland. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't forget, be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reading Nickelback lyrics, as only he can. When you hear those, you'll be caller uh, 10 at 503-228-4101. We're here with uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com. So before we get to this incredibly divisive thing that you wrote, Okay. About which, and the email that I got about this column of yours, it wasn't even like they were angry. It was like they were sort of concerned. It was like when, it was like when, uh, like on an after-school special, like when Sarah T, you know, has a drinking problem and nobody, you know, nobody, you know, they, they're just concerned about her, honey. It wouldn't be the first time people have had that reaction to me. I was checking my email in New York and I was getting all these emails like, Is, you know, somebody really needs to talk to Don Taylor about this thing she wrote. So we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, before we do that, uh, I know you've got uh, DVD releases, including uh, Adventureland, which I never saw, which I was in the theater for like a day, and then I missed it. Yeah, uh, Adventureland is actually, uh, it was kind of mismarketed, um, which is a pro- problem with a lot of movies. 
Um, it's a coming of age story, a comedy essentially, and so it was sold as being kind of like like super bad because um, I think the I might be wrong about this, but Greg Matola, who directed, I believe he was a writer, right? Uh, under and everything must now be marketed as either super bad or Pineapple Express. Yeah, and really, what it is is a much more subtle, much much more textured movie than that it's a about a young man who uh it's summer he's graduated from high school he's thinking about college he's, he's doing all of the various things doesn't know what he's going to do ends up getting a job at this rundown amusement park which is actually owned by bill Hader and Kristen wig of saturday night live and they're both very good uh Kristen stewart of twilight is the the love interest uh she's having a uh, a back alley secret affair with the cool older guy who works at the uh, Adventure Park, uh, who's played by Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds is a guy that I've I've really come around on him. I, uh, Ryan Reynolds is hot. Yeah, he's I was, hot, but he's also really talented, and he can really act too. That's the thing. He's a, and he's a genuinely funny guy. Yeah. yeah. And here it's really nice because he gets to play that character of like the guy that everyone thinks is so cool, and then the more you get to know about him, you realize he's actually kind of skeezy yeah, and pathetic. And so, and no, and it's a terrific movie, and um, I definitely recommend getting it on DVD because it's, it's uh, but it's also, it's not a big fall down, you know, grab your sides, get busting, wacky comedy like Superbad It's not a rip-tickling rip laugh-a-thon. It is not a rip-tickling laugh All right, excellent. Um, and also, uh, also out today, uh, Sunshine Cleaning, which is a small little indie movie that came out uh, last year. It was absolutely excellent. And another movie a lot of people may have overlooked. It stars Amy Adams and Emily Blunt as sisters who uh, start a business doing crime scene cleanup. See, and that's all I need to hear right there. That's, I mean, that's like the high concept that immediately pulls me in. And it's one of those great little um, indie movies where it's it's funny, but it's also very touching. Their dad, of course, is Ellen Arkin. Um the Amy Adams character is having an affair with her now married high school boyfriend and feeling kind of pathetic about it. He's Steve Zahn. And uh, so it's got a terrific cast. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's and crime scenes and crime. scenes. I mean, what else do you need to know? You've got you've got them going through their little indie movie travails. But at the same time, they're also learning the ins and outs of uh, starting a business. What game. kind of ammonia is best to get blood off a fridge? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Now to this thing you wrote. All right. All right. So <laughs> I was in New York and I started getting all these uh, emails and they, they had your name in the subject line. And I thought, oh, God, she's not dead. That's immediately what you think. You're like dead in jail, arrested for something. <laughs> if only. Um, and I and the, the first one was from our friend Siegfried. Mm. And uh, Siegfried's a good friend of the show, knows more about movies than, than I will ever know. And he had this. Normally, Siegfried's tone is one of either, you know, he's he's either saying something that's sort of. Like, he's either angry or he's saying something revolting, or quite possibly both. This one was neither of those. It was a sort of paternal concern. And he said, you know, we all love Don Taylor, but someone really needs to talk to her about this Schindler's List thing. Because you wrote this column for Movies.com, and I don't know whether it's an ongoing column of yours or whether you were just the latest to sort of take... But it's a column about... Famous films you've never seen. Yeah, we do. We do a number of things at Cinematical, uh, like uh, scenes we love, directors we love. You know, and and somebody, one of the editors, came up with the idea of doing a ongoing feature called "Movies I'll Never See," which is just exactly what it sounds like. This is a movie I've never seen and a movie I don't intend to see. And like somebody did "Cannibal Holocaust," right. and somebody else did "Transformers 2. And I thought, and as I put this in a follow-up column I wrote on my own website, um, I thought. You know, I could say I'd never seen White Chicks or Ernest Scared Stupid, but that's a little what bit like... What would be the point of that? Exactly. It's like saying I've never contracted gonorrhea. You know, what is anyone going to say to that other than, well, good for you. You really got to try it, though. So I thought, you know, but I've never seen Schindler's List, and I really don't want to see Schindler's List. So I wrote a piece about 
the circumstances under which I did not see Schindler's List. It came out at a time my mother had died and I was like, you know, selling her house and giving away her stuff and calling her friends and doing all of that. And like if I was going out to a movie as a diversion, Schindler's List was not going to be my choice. Mm -hmm. And so then um, as time has gone on, I'm not a fan of mid-career Spielberg. And just the idea of just sitting down and watching, you know, his movie about the Nazis and it's in black and white and yeah, you know, I just have never particularly it, wanted it, to see it. It starts off with this. It says, uh, "It says movies I will never see." Schindler's List. Don Taylor. The article begins, "Quote: That's right, Slappy. I'm a so-called professional film critic, and I've never seen Schindler's List." Uh, and then uh, later on, you say, "Schindler's List. I can confidently say I'm never going to watch it." As a cultural icon, I can appreciate its existence. The film illuminated the horrors of the Holocaust at a time when much of the world seemed happy to let it start fading into memory. Uh, it inspired programs that recorded the audio histories of survivors. For these things alone, it's a valuable piece of cinema. But it's also just a movie. Just a movie. One that I'll never watch. <laughs> and it was like you'd sort of figured out, like, let's see, where's the cultural eye? Let me just jab something into it! <laughs> and And so... Everybody sort of, the email all came in and said that, you know, it wasn't like they were thinking you avoided it for some, you know, some awful reason. It was just, they were, it's like they were all concerned. It was like telling somebody you'd never seen Star Wars. Yeah, it, it's as if I had like gone onto a message board for, you know, a Christian community and said that I don't believe in God. I got all of these responses from people. And, and many of the responses were things like, you're a hack. You can't call yourself a critic. How can you say that? You're closed minded. <laughs> My favorite ones were. A film critic should never say that they're never going to see anything. Like, really? I'm supposed to see every movie ever made? Because otherwise you're not allowed to call yourself a critic, Don. Yeah. You should have them all uploaded into your brain, uh, like Matrix style. To to their credit, even the people who misspelled uh, most of what they wrote when they were angry, <laughs> uh, no one called me anti-Semitic. And I was waiting for that, and that did not happen. I will tell you this. You mentioned, uh, since we're admitting things, and I think we should all admit a famous film we've never seen before this segment is over. I'll say this. I've never seen Amistad, which is another one of those uh, Spielberg, uh, one of those like sappy, you know, uh, all of humanity can come together, and what's good about humanity is always more powerful than what's bad about humanity. Spoiler alert. Slavery's bad. No! Really? Ah, now see, I knew there was a message I was missing out on there somewhere. Is uh, 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 there was also he did a trifecta of those. He did was it the color purple? Is that the other one I'm thinking uh, saving of? Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. That's one the war also bad. Yeah, those were those were the three he did in a row. He did Schindler's List, then Saving Private Ryan, then Amistad. Boy, Saving Private Ryan. Here's I've seen it, but here's a little bit of heresy. Boy, I don't like that movie at all. What of that's I've a movie I could that. do without. One of the angry commenters because I said I I had mentioned that trifecta. That one of my angry commenters said that. Uh, that uh, Saving Private Ryan is the best war movie ever made. Oh, wow. Which is one of those say statements where you just read that and you go, okay, sir. Delete. You, you just gave up the right to criticize yeah. me. I, uh, all right, Sarah, famous movie you've never seen. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. What do you mean you've never seen any of the Star Wars films? You mean like the later... No, I've never seen any of them. You've never seen A New Hope? You've never seen Empire Strikes Back? Mm-mm. You know, I've known you for... I've never wanted to The better you. part of a decade you now? Asked, you asked some telling We've worked together for almost 10 years, and I didn't know that. I thought one of your men friends would have made you watch it by now. Mm-mm. No, I've gotten away with pretending like I've seen it. Wow, and you guys it. were all over me for not seeing Titanic. I mean, I just... Wait, have you still not seen Titanic? No, I've seen it. We talked about it. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. We forced you. We browbeat you into watching it. But you've never... I've never... No, I've never I mean, again, I'm not angry. I'm just... 
I, I'm not even really disappointed. I am just surprised. I'm really surprised. I applaud the the sheer will that it have it would take to that's just like, avoid that for so long. That's my thing. It's like you almost have to actively lock yourself in a room every day to avoid seeing one of the Star Wars films. You yeah, can see like Revenge of the Wars. Sith or like any of the the recent ones. Mm-mm. That is stunning. Wow. That really is blowing my mind. I <laughs> never would have guessed that. You've never seen any of the Star Wars films. I'm I mean, I've that... seen bits and pieces of it, like enough to make cultural references to pretend like As I've you seen flipped them. by on your way to, exactly. to watch a like Made in Manhattan like, again. You know, exactly. Like, <laughs> get that thing and have to crawl in there and, you know. Now we're Spanglish. That's bizarre. <laughs> All right, Tim, what movie have you not seen? I'm sorry, i got to close my mouth. I'm doing that Arthur Dent thing of just re- repeating mice, just repeating it over and over I, again. I, I walked out of Saving Private Ryan after about five minutes. Well, see, so you then, okay, so we're on different levels. Uh, so it, the thing about Saving Private Ryan is only the first 20 minutes of that movie are good. That's it. Everything else after that movie, so whatever the, the, the opening sequence is a waste of time. I, I didn't last 20 minutes. It's bad. Well, because the opening sequence, I mean, I can understand why you didn't make it through because you were sort of averse to lots of violence. The opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan is really brutal. I mean, it's difficult to watch. But the thing is, that only lasts for 20 minutes, and then it's like a whole separate film altogether. It's like two movies. You know how, like, Funny People was two movies joined in the middle? Saving Private Ryan is two movies joined after the first 20 minutes. Well, they minutes. need to put together a kid's version of that exactly that maybe I could watch. A child's garden of, yes. uh, of, Set out the first of war. All right, Greg uh, Nibbler. Otherwise, I'd watch it. Famous film you've never seen. All right, well, I'm still flabbergasted by Sarah's admission. That's, that's I, there's, astounding. There's, there's no way I could top that ever. I, yeah, I'm shocked by that. But I, as well, have not seen Schindler's List. All right, well, I mean... I mean I didn't see it in the theaters. I mean, to be fair, I didn't see it until it was. Uh, I was. I remember exactly where I was. I was at the. I was staying. I was in Kennewick, which is where uh, my, my family's from. And I forgot I was. I was there. Ever, I was in the house all alone for some reason. I think my mom and my brother were out somewhere. Anyway, but this is just. I don't know. Maybe in ninety seven, ninety six, whatever. Anyway, I was at home in my uh, my uh, my mom's house in Kennewick. Everybody was gone. I was sitting in the house, and I was flipping through in Kennewick. And there's nothing on, and there's no. You know. There's, you know, no no internet to speak of at that point, so there's no porn. And so I'm just like, well, I guess I'll uh, just root through the video collection. And it was like endless Don Knotts movies and then Schindler's List. And I'm like, well, I've never seen this, I guess. And I had a little bit of your trepidation, like, I guess I'll just bite the bullet and watch this Holocaust film that I'm sure will be really uplifting. <laughs> I put it in, and I mean, it's a great film that I don't ever want to see again. Ever, ever, ever. That's a great film that I will never, ever watch a second time. Because it's just like sitting there and having a guy, it's like having a guy kick you in the junk, but a guy who spent his whole life practicing, uh, you know, to kick you in the junk. And then he's wearing, like, hobnailed boots, and he's been going to a kick-in-the-junk camp for the last three weeks, so he's really, like, knows where to hit. Because Spielberg is a master manipulator, and they may, I mean that in a good way. He knows how to get the emotion out of you. And by the end of it, you're just like, I wash my hands of all humanity, and you just, you're just ready to throw in the towel for people, like, everywhere. All right. Uh, I have never seen Gone with the Wind. So there you go. So it's on Tim. every week. Tim just did, see. Tim just had the Star Wars reaction. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. That shocks me. Well, be I'm sure there's others. Uh, I hadn't seen Citizen Kane till like five years ago. Uh, but I've I never had seen. I watched that in college. See, and I never see. It's and I, boring. Yeah, it's I. That's I. And I didn't. And overrated. I didn't. You're like not supposed it. to see totally that. Boring. Yeah, yeah no, it was. I, I found it really. Uh, I found it kind of dull, actually. Uh, it, which I know I'm not supposed to say, but I, I didn't really care for it. Well, you know, you, ha- you have to wear a beret, one of those scarves around your neck, and smoke pot in Greenwich Village to appreciate that movie. I have to. It's I'll, a niche market. And I'll do one more here. I'll, I'll give one more admission because of, because I'm the host, so I have to do everything. You know, so I, I'll, I'll take double the blame here. I've also not only have I not seen uh, um, Gone with the Wind, I have never seen Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. See, and I mentioned I Lawrence of Arabia in the piece I wrote, and I said that I'd never seen it. And then I said, you know, I, I would like to see it someday, but it's like 43 hours long, and I just, yeah, it doesn't like, show up on who's cable. Who's got time? So, of course, the angry commenters then start yelling at me because I refuse to see 
Lawrence Arabia. And I'm like, I, didn't, I said I'd like to. And then, and of course, the, the inevitable, it's not 43 hours long. What's wrong with you? Like, awesome. Uh, well, when I first heard, I think, is this Joey Lawrence of Arabia? They, they don't specify which Lawrence it is. It's Steve Lawrence of Arabia. Um, Lawrence Kasdan of Arabia. Uh, Don Taylor, uh, movies.com and other things. What else can people uh, read of yours? All right. Uh, well, if you want to read my piece about the kerfuffle about the Schindler's List thing, that's on my uh, my site at cinemasideshow.com. And yeah, and I write for cinematical.com and movies.com. Awesome. She's Don Taylor, one of our very favorite people. All right. Coming up next, we have uh, news from Tim Riley. Top of the hour, Dax Holt from TMZ. And uh, we will recap uh, Sunday night's Mad Men now that at least uh, two of the four of us have been able to see it so far. Stay there. We're live from Portland. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. You're ripping up the dance floor, honey. You shake your ass around for everyone. I love the way you dance with anybody. And tease them all by sucking on your thumb. You're so much cooler when you never pull it out. Because you look so much cuter with something in your mouth. Tim Riley on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ as we begin the uh, countdown to the inevitable arrest of, what's his name, Conrad Morris, William Conrad, William Morris. The newest survey from uh, TMZ shows, 73% say the doctor killed Michael Jackson. 81% say he should be prosecuted. Uh, And let's see. Jackson's doctors all knew he was an addict. 98% agree. Hollywood doctors often cross the line with celebrity patients. 99% agree. That's what we ought to do this, uh, uh, you know, this criminal justice thing from now on. The American the people ought to get to vote on it. There ought to be. How about this? We ought to have a television show where you can either have a jury of your peers or you can have the American people watch your trial as some sort of reality show and vote. But you got to take whatever punishment uh, they dole out if they find you guilty. And Dr. Barry never answered your original question. Where did he disappear to for a day? That's a good question. I want to know exactly the timeline of everything that Why guy was doing. Why did he wait so long to call 911? Why was he on the phone 47 minutes after Jackson stopped breathing? Well, Why? So Why? The, the theory is that he found Jackson at 11 o'clock, and rather than calling 911 to, you know, save his life, waited until 1221. So that is it, messed up. It, it doesn't really scream like medical professional to me, but, you know, what do I know? Uh, all right. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, 748. Now, it's going to be drizzly all day and miserable. Highs in the low 70s. A head-on crash involved a commercial truck in another vehicle. It has shut down lanes of Highway 30 near Columbia City. Westbound lanes have been blocked to allow for a crash cleanup and police investigation. Eastbound lanes were temporarily blocked as light plant was called in. An eight-year-old girl in serious condition after... Having a log roll over here while playing uh, in the surf at Rockaway Beach. This happens a lot. Every every summer, every uh, fall, we hear about this. But she will survive. The dad was also heard going to her rescue. Kids are being warned not to play near the logs. Polar bears are shrinking. A new study looked at polar bears and shows that they're 9% smaller now than they used to be. Does this mean eventually they'll be tiny and cute? Well, they're going to have to start stretching them. <laughs> It's also believed that environmental uh, causes are causing them to shrink. But maybe, I mean, you know, we could get some like a, you could get a pocket bear or something. That'd be good, too. It'd be like that episode of Robin Big where they had the mini horse. 
Well, with so many residents unemployed, there's an ongoing search for part-time jobs to bring in money. Kimberly Whitman is an entertainment expert who suggests coordinating, I can't believe it, coordinating dog parties. I wanted to really celebrate that unique and special bond that I had with my dog and also to share that with my friends because I think that there's a special bond between dog owners and lovers as well. Why not create dog-themed food for your next party? I love to give all of my dishes some sort of dog-related theme, whether it's, you know, poodle poppers or chihuahua cheese quesadillas, things like that. Um, And then, of course, you want to spoil the dogs a little bit, too. Why not just go buy a gross of dildos in recognition of the fact that you will never, ever, ever catch and keep a man? We don't know what she looks like. No, but you don't need to know what she looks like. That soundbite right there tells you all you need to know. Guess what? 90,000 Americans are going to be killed by the swine flu. Really? 90,000? Wait, but like, over like how long? Year? Yeah, over this what year? period of time? This winter. According to who? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know oh, the answer. The Today Show. Uh, that according to a report issued by Wait, the White House. So Al Roker has said that... Uh, this report was issued by the White House Science Advisors, whoever they may be. Health and Science Service Secretary Kathleen Sebelius says it could be months before there are enough vaccines to protect all Americans. We're all at risk. We think it's likely that we're going to need two shots for the vaccine, and we think that there are about three weeks between shots. So from the 15th of October till about Thanksgiving is when we'll have an immunized uh. population. Uh, two holidays. One, I would like to uh, encourage the folks at the radio uh, comedy preparatory services right now to be creating your sublime parody called Take Two Shots. Second, I'm not worried about this because we know, like David Walker, who is uh, one of our uh, good friends and a film critic here in Portland and a writer and uh, the doer of things. David Walker had swine flu. I mean, and not just like, you know, wah, wah, the kind of, hey, hey, I think it's the swine flu. I, I mean, he had, yeah, the actual swine flu where he was sick and then he went to the hospital and they took a test and they called him at home like, yeah, Mr. Walker, you've got uh, swine, swine flu. flu. And he said, well, like, he said he was waiting for, like, to be, like, E.T., where the guys in the Devo suits come in, you know, and they wrap the house in plastic. And he said they told him just, like, take some aspirin, stay off your feet, whatever. So it seems like if you're, like, if you're going to get killed by the swine flu, the deal is you're old enough and sick enough that you were going to get killed just by, you know, living. Anyway, I mean, like, you weren't, like, you were already in a bad way. So I'm not worried about this. And I try to avoid those flu, you know, like, flu shots, vaccine shots. And somebody asked me if I didn't, somebody was, they, they said, well, if you don't take, if you don't take the flu shot, like, why do you take vaccinations at all? Like, why would you get the, you know, like the polio shot or whatever? And the difference is, A, the polio shot's been around for like 85 years and the swine flu thing they're just creating like now. So I trust that a lot less. Also, worst case scenario with the flu shot is you get the flu, right? Like, if you don't get the flu shot, you get the flu. Mm-hmm. Fine, I got the flu. You don't get the polio shot, your legs don't work anymore, like ever again. So, like, the possible upside to getting the flu shot is way less than the upside to getting the polio shot. So, this is. Uh, so, I just don't trust anything the government wants to give me for free. Well, see, but again, like, like I, like, if the government says, look, take this polio shot, because otherwise you might be paralyzed forever, that's fine. You know, that, that, that risk is substantial that makes enough. That sense, yeah. I don't want to be paralyzed forever. If I get the flu, I get the flu schmoo. I mean, really. I mean, what do I care? All right. Uh, are we uh, breaking here? All right. Coming up at the top of the hour, Dax Holt from TMZ will join us. Uh, we'll also recap last, well, I guess not last, the most recent episode of Mad Men, Sunday night's episode of Mad Men, at 8.20. And at some point uh, before the end of the uh, show, we're going to have a pair of passes for you to see Inglorious Bastards. Be listening for that. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. For details. KUFO Portland. Uh, life. Wow. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 
this is the only response I will read about Sarah never having seen any of the Star Wars films. Rick. Not the one where someone wants to kill me. No, no, this one compares you to a uh, pedophile, though. It says, uh, Rick, Sarah probably knows how to do her job well and all, but uh, never having seen a Star Wars film and admitting it until uh, not admitting it until now is like a pedophile applying for some job where they have to deal with young people and not admitting it until years later. I don't know if Sarah has a right to breathe the air of a pop culture show if she hasn't, and then the rest is all in caps, if she hasn't ever seen Star Wars, and then that's underlined and there's bold text. That's all right. Don't worry. I've seen every episode of The Hills. Yeah, see, that's what we all have. Look, I'd never seen, uh, uh, I'll tell you this, I still, to this day, speaking of lack of pop culture knowledge, to this day, I have probably seen fewer than five episodes of Seinfeld. Uh, oh, God, and I own that entire series. So yeah. see, can I trade you Seinfeld for Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> See, now you've just dug yourself in deep. I know, I know. I had never seen Family Guy until a couple of years ago, uh, and I, again... It was, and I tried to make you for years to watch that show. I still don't watch it all that often. You know, the, my thing is that I will occasionally just sort of, like, I'll binge on it. Uh, if it's on, like, if my TiVo's racked up a bunch, or if I got a DVD or something, I'll watch, like, five or six or eight episodes in a row, and then I just don't watch it again for, for months. Yeah, you have to be in a certain kind of mood to, to watch, a, like, a bunch of episodes of Family Guy. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's, it's such a specific kind of... Uh, of comedy. No, I I just never watch it because I ran into him and he was really snobby and looked away from me. Seth MacFarlane? No, uh, Seinfeld. When did you run into Jerry Seinfeld? At Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah. I was an extra on Sybil eating oh. a banana. <laughs> and I it was filmed Sybil. next door. It's hard to imagine why he didn't just take you out to lunch. I know. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's, uh, oh, wait, hold on, I'm going to queue up my uh, music bed here. This is totally my, uh, this is my fail. And, and, uh, there we go. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, our good friend Dax Holt joining us. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. It's a busy day for you because the countdown is sort of on to see when they're going to handcuff this Conrad Murray doctor and, and lead him out and stick him in the back of a squad car. I know. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's sooner than later. You know, we, we've put up a bunch of polls to see if people thought that he's responsible for killing Michael Jackson and, and if anyone else should be prosecuted. So it's very interesting to see what people think. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, Dr. Conrad Murray killed Michael Jackson. But at the same time, they feel like he's also taking the fall because there's been a lot of doctors responsible for Michael Jackson being a drug addict. Well, yeah, it sort of seems like it's, um, you know, it's a little bit of a hot potato thing where, the, you, know, the, you know, the gun gets passed around and it's like whoever ends up holding it at the very end is the guy that's going to go off to the the pokey what are they looking for the dermatologist for it doesn't seem like a dermatologist would be able to prescribe you anything that serious well he was prescribing himself drugs too i don't know if you saw that story we put up on the site but uh arnie klein was sitting there and he'd fill out prescriptions for himself which is one of the big rules if you write prescriptions you can't do it for yourself you can do it for other people and other people can prescribe you stuff but you can't do it on your own and so he was getting like xanax and all kinds of stuff wow but uh he was giving you know michael jackson drugs on the side uh um, so everyone's basically involved in this big web of uh, prescription drugs, and doctors were left and right giving Michael Jackson anything he wanted. But uh, this timeline that they got off the affidavit from the, the search warrant in Houston, I think, is a huge uh, in, in regards to finding out what happened to Michael Jackson that, the morning he died. Uh, you know, he couldn't sleep. So Dr. Conrad Murray was giving him all kinds of medication, and then around 10 in the morning gave him the propofol. And well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then uh, Conrad Murray said that he left the room for two minutes, came back, found Michael Jackson not breathing, and didn't call the paramedics for an hour and a half. He was making other phone calls, he was doing CPR, but didn't call the paramedics who he should have called the second he found Michael not breathing. So this is going to be my question. So he finds Jackson, let's say, at 11 a.m., he calls the paramedics at like 1230 or something, but in the meantime, as you just noted, he made these other phone calls. Does anybody know, does the LAPD or somebody know who these other calls were to? 
I think that's what they're trying to figure out right now. Uh, because that because there's that whole business of somebody going to his storage unit and like carting out a bunch of boxes of documents and squirreling them away to God knows where. Exactly. And, you know, we've been saying it from this whole time that something is off with his timeline. And, you know, the coroner has now come out and officially said that this his death is being treated as a homicide. So Dr. Conrad Murray could face some serious charges. Wow. There's, uh, I guess, other news happening. The the, the, the Ryan Jenkins thing. And uh, I, somebody told me, do we have any idea who, who this woman is that checked him into the, the hotel? Because somebody told me that they'd figured it out, but they didn't know or they weren't going to or they hadn't announced it rather. They hadn't made it public. Yeah, well, it's interesting because all we had heard yesterday that it was a blonde female. Well, we tracked down uh, his ex-fiance, and uh, we printed out some pictures of her, took it to the hotel, to the people that actually seen her, and saw her drop off Ryan. And uh, they confirmed 100% sure this is the woman. It was his ex-fiance. But now cops are saying, well, that might not be the person we're looking for. And her people are saying, no, 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 she was at a, uh, a beauty pageant or walking a runway or something, so it couldn't have been her. So it's still kind of up in the air at the moment. Good. God Almighty. All right. It's yeah. like one big uh, Miss Marple mystery out there in this uh, world of ours. All right. Dax Holt from Team Z. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, dude. There you go. Dax Holt. You can watch him tonight at 1130 uh, on Fox 12 TMZ television. Awesome. Straight ahead, Tim Riley uh, and myself. Because So Tim has seen, let's get this straight. You saw most of Mad Men but missed the end. 99.9%. I, saw, I don't know how it ended. I missed the beginning, so I don't know how it started, but I saw the last two thirds. Sarah hadn't seen any of it at all. I read a recap. That's about it. Greg doesn't watch it. So there you go. So this is like the blind leading the crippled, leading the deaf, leading the drooling uh, today. But you know, that's what we do. So our Madman uh, recap coming up next and uh, more from the news desk of Tim Riley. Uh, don't forget, at some point before the end of the show, you'll win a pair of passes to Inglorious Bastards along with the uh, soundtrack. And you were asking what's on the soundtrack, and I think it's that there's that David Bowie song and then much of like Sergio Leone, the, you know, Ennio Morricone kind of stuff. I don't remember it the music. So be listening for that. On Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with millions. They're scouring, goose-stepping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, we might as well just discuss this. Greg, you should stay in the studio. Can I identify her the way you just identified her? Yes, I think, uh, you know what, I think anybody who is familiar with the Kardashians would instantly know who I'm talking the about. The fat one. The fat one. The fat one. Is she on hold right now? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. But the opportunity exists to have her on the phone. We should, should ask like if she can mail you some KFC. Kardashian. <laughs> hold on, what is it, uh, because there's, of all the Kardashians, so this isn't, this isn't Kim, and then there's one of the, uh, one of the Kardashians is out doing... She, I guess she got knocked up and she kept the baby, and so she's on some pro-life uh, speaking tour or whatever. They, they've got her book to, you know, like a, 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 keep, a keep keep your children thing that, book that she's writing, and then she's out touring on that. I, the I, I would guess that's Courtney Kardashian. Chloe? Uh, Chloe is the one that we have the opportunity to talk the to. The larger... Uh, yes. <laughs> They're uh, the not girl all available. Larger carriage. Yes. Um, the stout Kardashian. <laughs> hey, is Trunky Kardashian available? That'd be great. I'm... Uh, Okay, I'm looking at her. Oh, right. oh, she is the fat one. I, uh, is that her? What a terrible person I'm you are. I'm telling you, it's instantly identifiable. Like, she's not fat, but out of all the Kardashians, well, she's well, the big bone. It's relatively really, I mean, the, other, the other two are pretty hot. I mean, she's and this one's not. Looking. Except for her. She kind of got shafted on the hot looks. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm looking she's at, going on a speaking tour. I'm looking at her uh, here. So, Well, the thing about the Kardashian chicks is they're all... Here's the problem with Khloe Kardashian is that She's fat all over. The other ones are only fat. Like, Kim Kardashian only has a fat ass. 
And, you know, and then there's like Shemp Kardashian who has like fat whatever. Chloe Kardashian has the all over fat. Um, Chloe has her yeah. own radio program where she has a four hour talk slash entertainment program. Oh. Yeah, it's that probably angry. another weekend show. Everyone does. Uh, so I'm looking, did you, by the way, just as a side note, did you see that quote from the, the chairman of, uh, of Sirius XM? I did not. He know. actually said, this is his quote. It was in Radio Inc. He said, well, our stock has hit rock bottom. <laughs> I, uh, I clipped that out and filed it away at home. I look at it, uh, when I need to be, you know, you know, I need to be picked up. Um, you know, and here's the, here's the thing about, about Khloe Kardashian. Now that I'm, uh, now that I'm looking at, you know, the thing, she's still hot though. I mean, that's. Well, she's eh. cleaned up really nice. She's kind of like. What, a, what is that? Ad? Have you ever heard her talk? Uh, no. Okay, I mean, not that this matters. None of them would be hot for that part. But I, no, she's not. I, she's not that hot. She kind of looks like Tarzan's Jane. She's, is she only hot because she's? Is she only not hot to you because you've heard her speak? Well, no, that's not the only reason. Because no, that, like, that would discount a large majority of celebrity women. But it's no. She's just. She's not that attractive. She's not. She's just. She's polished because she's rich. You can tell that um, the pieces are all there, but they don't quite. She. Uh, the, okay, yeah. you think like, she's because been... she has. She has the boob job, the nose job. Uh, uh, really, no. uh, you think those are fake? Or are those not real? Oh, those are totally fake. No, I don't I, know. I'm just looking at this one photo. Of look her. at her and look at her botched nose job. I do think Courtney Kardashian is hot. She's way hotter than Kim Kardashian. All right. Hold yeah, the on. other two are pretty cute. Yeah. Hold on, I got now. I got to look up Courtney. Is that that's Courtney with a C, right? No, with a K. With they're, really? they're all with a K. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I was hoping that wasn't the case. Courtney Kardashian. Is um, her middle name a K too? Because yeah, then she would pretty. be KKK. Okay, so here's a photo of all three of them together. Um... So here's a photo of the of the three of the three Kardashians together. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I can see what you're saying. There were Chloe sort of. I mean, they do probably go in that order where it probably does go Kim, uh, Courtney, Chloe. Um, I I can kind of see your point. Kim, what is Courtney, she pushing? Chloe. Why is she talking? about I think they're talking about their new TV show because it's like Kim yeah, or Chloe and Courtney or whatever do Miami or something like that. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is. You know, she looks like Chloe uh, Kardashian. Kind of looks like Steven Tyler's daughter. That's not. Uh, that's that's not yeah, Liv she's, Tyler. She she's looks not like the most unattractive person. But I mean, I too have heard how she speaks, and she's just I think she, knowing how she sounds. She's, she's one of those loud talker, abrasive. Really? Yeah, yeah. she just doesn't seem very nice. Does she? No. Uh, so I don't think she she'd extend any courtesy to either uh, to any of us. Is she one of those chicks that believes that? Uh, and you know, there are guys like this too. But I but we're like in a really really like you hear women like this on the cell phone at the mall. Talking to their friend in a tone of voice that implies that they believe they know the answer to everything, and you just think to yourself, "What poor man has to go home and see that every night?" Yes, and she's also one of those people that is thinks she's famous for a legitimate reason, but is right. famous for nothing other than being rich and Kim's sister has no self awareness. Mm-hmm. I wonder. You almost kind of want to find out how much she secretly hates or not so secretly hates Kim Kardashian because you know they must they must hate her. The other well, is, we have an opportunity to talk to her. Do you want to? She <laughs> looks like you know, here's what, the mystery guest. Here's what she kind of looks like. She kind of looks like. See, that would have effed me. That would have totally screwed me. If she'd been the mystery Let's guest, do it that way. Yeah, it was between um, her and somebody else, but I think that we chose wisely. I think we did one. too. She kind of looks like Mia Tyler, who is Steven Tyler's other daughter. Um, except she's thinner because Mia Tyler is a she, she's a fat girl. In fact, I think she actually is. I think Mia Tyler is one of the models for Torrid. I think she's like the celebrity spokesperson she for is. Torrid. Hey, have you seen that? There's another. Uh, there's another uh, a fat chick store that they've started. There's not just Torrid. No, no, no. There's. I saw it at Lloyd Center. Of course, it's uh, it's by that place that it's like by the U.S. nail salon where it's like the nail salon with the flag motif, and it's called um, it's called unskinny or not skinny. Yeah, have you seen that place? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's just like it's just like an all big chick store, unskinny bop. And then you, well, you walk in, and it's like all the really? clerks are just they all look like that SNL sketch where it's Chris Farley in a wig or I'm starving. Like they all, and I was and I was wondering like, it, 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 like the stores, and it, I mean, and the girls who work there are not like. 
whatever. They, what's the word we're supposed to use? They're not thick, which I guess is the slang term we use. They're, I mean, they're they're fat. They they were like they were big, big, huge girls. And I was wondering if that's like, if that's like a store policy, but it must not be because I guess skinny chicks by definition wouldn't work there. And like a, like a fat chick probably isn't going to go work at some. Oh, the one where all the clipboard people are. I've seen that one where yeah, they don't let yeah. any skinny girls like in there. And it's right on the corner. I can't yeah, remember what it's called. But it, yeah, they have like a policy. It's like you know. But it is called like non-skinny or no skinny or something. No like skinny. That. I think. No skinny. Yeah. yeah, that's the. So, anyway. All right. Well, I just I just find myself staring at her cleavage. So I should close this. But those aren't. But you're, but you're right. Those those don't look real though. Now that I now that you kind of pointed out. Mm-hmm. I say as though that makes any difference how she's going to sound on the phone. So is that um, a yes or a no? I really don't know. I I don't After know. What do you guys think? What, what would I possibly ask her? So I don't know, but you're a radio professional. You can figure it out. I guess. I. You can decide. We'll go along with When it. would this be? Okay. Uh, this would be Friday, I believe. This coming Friday? Oh, yes, yeah, this coming Friday. Friday. Well, we have we'll Harry have to, Shearer this Friday. Yeah, we have Friday. a lot of crazy going on on Can we do it early in the show? Uh, well, I can try. Her oh, schedule I'll, all full. Yes, Is she going to oh. be booked up? I'll ask Chloe Kardashian what to, what she's got going. Yeah, I guess. She doesn't um, have her own people. No, I, I, I guess. If she can do it early in the show, why not? All right, I'll uh, see what we can do. All right, we'll make the audience come up with questions. All right, uh, without further ado, so there you go. That's, that, we were, and during the break, we were talking about that. Uh, Greg came in. He's like, hey, do you want to talk to a Chloe Kardashian? And we said, who? And he goes, you know, she's the fat chick. So uh, I guess the answer is probably yes. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we will now plunge headlong into um, uh, our recap of Sunday night's Mad Men. Now, this is two days ago, and so I apologize that everybody else has already seen it and dissected it and whatever. Although it's on pretty late at night, so I was thinking that there's probably X number of people who tape it Sunday night and then they watch it Monday. So we may be seeing this around the same time as everybody else anyway. You saw everything but the end, Tim. Correct. So I, I, saw, I saw the very beginning. I missed the first 15, 20 minutes. Sarah didn't see any of it, but she's read the recap. What happened? How did it begin? So we have uh, the first thing they show is Anne Margaret right. in, in a video singing Bye Bye Birdie. And they decide that they want a girl like that to represent this new drink from Pepsi called Patio. Was that a real drink? I don't, I don't know. I should investigate that. I guess that Mad Men footnotes page would probably tell us because mm-hmm. they, they do all the background on the episodes. But all right. And, and then there are other things going on. Roger uh, Sterling's daughter is getting married and he doesn't want his new love to be at the wedding because it would be embarrassing and uncomfortable because she's actually her age. Or right. Close to it. Oh, that's right. Because he, the girl is actually the age of his daughter. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. And then there are other things going on, like they uh, they they want to get the Madison Square Garden account, right. and they come very close to getting it, except the Home Office in London says no, and then there's why no? Well, because we'd have to have two full time copywriters right. and a couple of other you know AEs work on it. They go great, let's do it, and the and the British guy goes, uh, the London office says no. So they, well, why did you buy us? And the reaction from the London guys, I don't know. Oh, so there's already so there's tension between the uh, the new owners and the and the existing workers. So th- what else happened? There was the uh, and then Peggy becomes more of a floozy, a strumpet, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it will be because I love that word. They're starting the episode with yeah, this famous clip of Anne Margaret looking very sort of childlike and a sort of like sexualized and a sort of like. Not a little girl way, but you know what I mean, where she's very delicate and very sort of vulnerable looking. And Peggy, early 60s style. Yeah, the sort of, you know, the sort of like kind of... kind of. It's my party and I'll cry if I... Leslie Gore, it, it comes to mind. The, yeah, the that. sort of childlike uh, persona. And Before so the Beatles. Peggy starts wondering, well, why? what is wrong with me? Peggy, why don't men find me more alluring? And so she basically just goes to a bar and a just bar. picks up some guy. Uh, and leaves and uh, goes home and has some one-night stand with a guy, which I think is, I mean, she's done that several times now. Can you, so Peggy clearly is a slut who wants to, I mean, she's just like, which which is not, I don't say is a pejorative. I'm, you know, it, men are all for that. Um, but she clearly wants to be 
more of a loose woman and just uh, is not able to kind of break free of, of society's whatever. Because she already got it on with what's-his-name, creepy idiot Pete Campbell. Didn't she, hasn't Peggy already effed some other guy, though? So like some one-night guy? Didn't she do that, like, in the second season? She I don't remember. She took some other guy back to her place. It was when she had that exerciser thing that turned out to be like an inadvertent vibrator. Exerciser thing. The relaxer deal. That remember that, that, I, that do, like, I, I do remember the exerciser thing. I don't remember taking any. I thought home. she was with some other guy. Or, or was, going home with somebody else. So she picks up this guy at a bar. She takes him home for like a for a one night stand. Uh, let's see uh, what else. Or he takes her home because she leaves right. and asks her where she works, and she says Madison Avenue, and he wants more details, and asks her again, "Where do you work, Madison Avenue?" That's right, and she because she plans to never see him again because right. she's leaving at like the middle of the night or whatever. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the uh, Betty's dad continues to the, the, the long Gee. downward slide into uh, what looks like Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. which is interesting because you think about all the relatives you might have had. You know, years ago, or really old people, they say, well, he's just a little dotty. And you realize that probably they just didn't know what Alzheimer's was until, you know, I never heard about Alzheimer's until the 80s. I don't remember them calling it anything until the 90s. But, you know, it's been around. Nobody has just, it's not been, you know, a mindset type of thing. But he he comes to visit, and they get in a big fight. And all of a sudden, Don takes her brother, William, into one of the rooms and says, this is the way it's going to be, Don Draper style. Boy, He's coming to live with us. Uh, you're not going to take the house, and you will pay... Uh, what a badass Don Draper was in this episode. That guy... Because here's the thing about it, because you get the feeling... So it's that, the, the, you know, the the, the uh, Betty's brother. Yeah. You know, because their dad, Betty and William, their their dad, yeah, Gene, has, has Alzheimer's or something like senile. And the brother is sort of like, you know what? We should stick him in a home so I can get the house. And there is all this weirdness. But the thing about Don Draper, here's what I realized... I remember Peter Carlin uh, from the Oregonian made this distinction once about Vic Mackey and Tony Soprano. And he said that he said that Vic Mackey is moral but unethical, uh, whereas uh, Tony Soprano is ethical but immoral. In other words, you know, it's about are you doing the right thing or do you have a sense of honor? Because they're not always the same the same way. Tony Soprano has a sense of honor, but he kills people. Vic Mackey serves law and order, you know, but he does it through corrupt means. Here's the thing about Don Draper. You know, he's, and I saw somebody else use almost this exact phrase. You know, the thing about Don Draper is he's loyal, even though he's not faithful. I mean, he's constantly unfaithful, but he is loyal because as soon as somebody starts screwing with his wife, he immediately goes and puts that guy in his place. You asked how it ended? It ends this way. They go to see a, a, a pageant at the kid's school. I, I, I remember the, uh, the girl around the Maypole, and, and I envisioned, aha, that's the girl we want to be the Aunt Margaret in the commercial for Patio, if that happens. That's what I thought, and that's where it cuts off. And so Don is watching his daughter's teacher, and the teacher is okay. very youthful and very, you know, very young-looking, yeah. looks very innocent. And uh, Don is sort of, you know, he's you see that look on his face like he's lamenting his lost whatever. It ends with this. Don goes back to the office, and he uh, sees Peggy, and then it ends with him just staring at Peggy for a long time. So I'm wondering, will Peggy be his next sort of conquest or his next uh, affair or fling or whatever? So, there you go. That was fascinating. Yes, it was. Tim, straight ahead. did it. Well, on the other side, so somebody has a fact that they say we're missing from Mad Men. So we come back, uh, we'll get this. Somebody says that they want to correct us on something about Mad Men. And Tim Riley will have more from the news desk. Be listening still to come. A pair of tickets to see Inglorious Bastards. Be listening. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO. I don't know why I said that. What is wrong with you? Well, apparently nothing. <laughs> Everything's right with me and <laughs> my junk. You have genitals made of magic. 
Now they're, it's like they're just trying to irritate you, Tim. I'm looking at this uh, post on my Facebook page. It says, William Frawley did play Bob on My Three Sons after William Demarest left. He played Uncle Charlie, then he left, and William Frawley joined the show, and then he ends by saying, look it up. He's wrong. <laughs> yes, he is. In your face, whoever you are. Tim Riley says you're wrong. You're wrong. rewrite sitcom history. End of the story. Uh, and so forth. Uh, it's Rock 101 KUFO, the Rick Emerson Show. In a moment, we'll find out. Well, apparently, we're wrong about something else. Um, we've left something out with Mad Men, so we'll I get that. I find that hard to believe. I, uh, yeah, well, who's to, I mean, together, we, we uh, kind of saw the whole episode, but I mean, none of us saw the whole thing, so it's possible we left something out. Uh, at this juncture, though, if you are a caller 10, you're going to win a pair of passes to see Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards, uh, along with the soundtrack as well. Pass for two to see the new film from Quentin Tarantino, starring Brad Pitt. Starring Brad Pitt. Uh, you can see it at any Regal Cinema in the Portland area, along with a copy of the soundtrack CD. Yeah, I would be curious to know what's on that CD as well, I uh, because I don't think they're I think they're locked up in the prize vault or what a closet or whatever. So um, I think that David Bowie song is on there, and then some of the instrumental stuff that had kind of that spaghetti western sort of a feel. Anyway, if you're caller ten right now at five zero three two two eight four one zero one, you'll win that uh, that CD and the pair of passes to see the film. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the hello. Rick Emerson show. How can I help you today? Oh, hey, Rick, it's Jenny in Vancouver. Hello, how are you? Good. Hey, there's something significant about Mad Men. It's not wrong or anything like that, but I think people might have missed it. When Roger Sterling was talking about, you know, with his daughter about her wedding, the date of the wedding is November 23rd, which is the day after Kennedy is assassinated. So somebody, so it's, yeah, so it's not the day... I thought it was the day of, but it's the day after. after. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had I had that wrong. I think he was assassinated on the twenty second. I think That's the twenty third was the day that uh, what's his name Johnson was sworn in. That's interesting, and that and that actually is probably a better. I mean, in terms of the story arc, it's probably better to have it that day because on the on the it would still be possible for it to take place if it was on the day of the assassination because news traveled slowly and so forth. Uh, but that so it just totally f's that entire uh, plan uh-huh. for that guy. <laughs> Is that the final like episode, I, do we think? Do we think that's going to be the, maybe the last episode of the season? Could you imagine how sad that would be? I mean, the whole show is just so kind of sad that if it was the wedding was that day, oh, my God. Well, I mean, the whole thing about Mad Men is just people getting their hopes and dreams dashed at every turn. Just everything they want, just, uh, you know, it all just kind of falls apart on them. Well, and how about Peggy singing Bye Bye Birdie in the Mirror? Did you see oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got this, somebody, uh, uh, somebody says... Um, Peggy is the female Don Draper uh, in training. And then um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, do you think much of Don's decision to take care of Betty's dad was that because of his own childhood? Like there may be later some sort of bond between him and her dad, um, which I hadn't really thought about that because he has that whole thing of his dad. I guess, his, what is his dad got a hooker pregnant or something, but then the dad yeah. got killed anyway, so he was raised by two people, neither of whom were his parents. Oh. So, all right. Well, now I'm all okay. depressed. All right. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. All right, bye now. That's Jenny. Oh, and finally, this says, Hey, Rick, did Joan's breasts double in size since the last episode? I don't know, but now I have to do a side-by-side comparison, sir. Thank you. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. 847 and drizzly day-to-day. Highs only in the low 70s. A historic find in McMinnville. They have discovered a six-foot-long, 44,000-year-old mammoth tusk. Archaeologists have been digging around down there. This is the second one of these tusks found in the state of Oregon. This back in the days when dinosaurs ruled the earth. I'm sorry. I was trying to do a little. I was trying to do a little music joke there, but it was also a mystery science theater thing because. Never mind. 
Because Tom Servo, whenever they would make a music reference in a film, he would sometimes go and start singing the song. There's a Fleetwood Mac song called Tusk. Never mind. Never mind. Don't worry about it. 19-year-old Robbie Bishop of Spokane arrested on suspicion of stabbing his girlfriend. The fight all began when they were arguing who would get custody of the unborn child. Uh, the father also uh, burned down an elementary school. Can we... Wait, is she... Is, she's not dead, is she? Uh, look, is yeah, the kid? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. oh. Well, yeah. uh, Jessica Biel has been named Thanks the most dangerous celebrity on the web. Security company McAfee reported that searches of the 27-year-old actress are more likely to lead to online threats such as spyware and viruses than searching for other celebrities. Jessica Biel, really? I wouldn't yeah. think that many people are searching for Jessica Biel at this yeah, point. She's very uninteresting. I, and just she hasn't, I mean, what's the she last thing really she done did? Anything. She was on the cover of Gotham Magazine this month. I saw that, but that's, that's about it. Yeah, I got another. A 13-year-old Colorado girl named Savannah received eight stitches after a 16-year-old girl attacked her, bit her face, and ripped off part of her ear. Trying to rip off my ear, that's what she was trying to wait, do. Wait, hold on a second, hold she on. Can we, can you, wait, my- Tim, can you hold on a second? Let me just, uh, I think, uh, oh, there's, there's really, I know what you're doing. I think there's really only one way to do this story. Hold on a second. And, uh, let it's me the first just, time let, this week, right? Let me just prepare this. We'll see how this sounds. All right. And, uh, Tim, would you do to me and just start that whole story again from the top? A 13 year old Colorado girl named Savannah received eight stitches on Friday night. After a 16-year-old girl attacked her, bit her in the face, and ripped off part of her ear. Trying to rip off my ear, that's what she was trying to do. She just started biting everywhere around my face, bit my eye right here, and then right here, and then right here. The 13-year-old victim's mother, Charmaine, says it's time for mothers of girls with bitten ears to speak up in unison. You don't pick up the paper every day and watch the news every day and see little girls' ears getting bit off. I want to save the next little girl from going through this hell. Yes. You're a bad person, Tim Riley. All right. Meanwhile, (laughs) are we revisiting that? No. Well, the nanny who raised Michael Jackson's kids... Until that momentous day. And then uh, turned on him and sold him out after she was fired is finally history. Uh, Gracia is out of the lives of Prince, Paris, and Blanket after having a fist fight with Reba Jackson. Apparently she punched, uh, let's see, Reba punched her in the nose. Oh, this is, oh, this is, uh, no, it's Rebby. Rebby is her name. Oh, the mystery sister? Yeah, yeah she's th- the sister that nobody ever heard of. She's like nobody that older ever- Osborne daughter that mm-hmm. nobody ever talks about. So apparently there were some uh, real-life fisticuffs, so the nanny is no more. Meanwhile, a former junior high school teacher in Salt Lake City is charged with having a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old male student, paid her victim between $1,400 and $1,500 after the encounters. Now details about the relationship between Melissa Ann Androni and her alleged victim emerged from a probable cause statement recently filed. I saw a picture of her. I saw her mugshot. She's hot. She is. Uh, she's. I mean, she's hot as only a teacher in Salt Lake could be. And she's not blonde, strangely enough, mm-hmm. which you sort of think. You know, everybody in Salt Lake is blonde. She's very cute. If I remember, she admitted to the boy's mother, she had sex with a teenager on several occasions at her home, and then she gave him like two grand. That's yeah. the thing. I'm not saying you should. It's it's wrong. It's a crime. Blah 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 blah. Stock disclaimer. Whatever. But she she's hot, and she humps this 15 year old kid, and then she gives him 1,500 bucks. To, to keep quiet. Like, she has all the sex with him, and she's like, oh, but here you go, have $2,000. I mean, it really is... Um, and, and it's unclear about how the story came... I mean, she told the mom, but it's unclear about how the accusations came to be made, because you got to figure some teachers... 
you know, some hot teacher's giving it to you, and then she's, you know, handing you two grand. I mean, that doesn't seem like a thing you blow the whistle on. I, I don't understand the way people work sometimes. Let's do uh, one more, and then I've got a revelation. I've, I'll, I'll tell Sarah how much, uh, how many uh, calories are in this yes. fantastic KFC sandwich I can't seem to find anywhere. I don't know how I can beat that. Well, perhaps with this. The mayor of a town of Britain's accused of stealing women's underwear. Uh, they report that Ian Stafford has uh, stepped down from his post after accusations and his arrest. Police received multiple phone calls about underwear thefts in the uh, British town. And one lady even put up a hidden camera and caught the half-naked mayor in his in her drawers and then performing a sexual activity. Uh, uh, the mayor's been arrested and he's been caught with a collection of women's underwear. That's missing from throughout his town. Hey, speaking I guess of he won't the, be reelected. Speaking of the mayor, what, what is the deal on that? Uh, the what's it? The recall thing? Oh, let's see. I had something here about that. Uh, they have because they got to get the signatures. It's like yeah, thirty thousand signatures they have or about, something. Uh, Ten thousand of them. Yeah, they'll never How make it. They they, Thirty-two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll never make it. That, that'll it's, never. It's not going to happen. No, people are so he'll get away with it, as they all do. That's right, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a moment, I will reveal the calorie count on this awesome KFC sandwich. That you think may uh, that may be available somewhere near here, Sarah. So we'll uh, before we find out, let's just uh, say this. Don't forget this Friday, this Friday, this Friday, nine a.m. The KUFO half off sale continues. Uh, this week featuring uh, gift certificates to the Thirsty Lion Pub, European flavor right in downtown Portland, serving lunch, dinner, and beverages seven days a week. American favorites and British fare, plus a list of domestic and import drafts and sports on the fifty-inch plasma screen. Now there's a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to the Thirsty Lion Pub, and you'll be able to get that for half off, half price. This Friday, starting at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. Uh, but if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you'll uh, win one of those four. You can buy it. The $25 gift certificate to the Thirsty Lion Pub. You can be a uh, caller 10 right now, win that, or you can buy it this Friday, half off, 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. All right, so we, we spent a, a great deal of time today talking about this double-down sandwich from KFC. Yes, and you basically begging for it. It's a bacon, pepper jack, Swiss cheese sandwich. And then the bread isn't bread. The bread is two original recipe fillets, and it looks fantastic. The calorie... What would you guess the calorie count of just the sandwich? No fries, no drink, no anything. I'm afraid I'm going to be accurate, and then it's going to blow a bit. Uh, I'm going to think 1,600. Close. It's 13. Okay. So there you go. It's 1,300. Oh, that's reasonable. But, I mean, that's, you know... look, you, America. You need at least 1,200 every day just to live, so... Uh, yeah, it's uh, 1,280 calories. Now, they, we know they sell it. Listen to this. It's exceeding expectations, Tim, in, the, in, uh, in Nebraska. <laughs> it is, well, what uh, do they have to look forward to there? It is outperforming expectations in Nebraska. They also sell it in Rhode Island, by the way. So I don't know where Let's else see where sell. we can find it closest so that you can maybe convince someone to mail you one. Did you say that they, uh, that uh, they sold it? Someone said that there might be one in Washington. But, not, might be selling but, we, Washington. but it's not in Oregon. All right. Well, my goal by the end of this week, incidentally, is going to be to uh, to get one of those. All right. So we we'll have to go to Nebraska. Talk more about it. Well, see, no, no, no. See, I can bring a little bit of Nebraska to, to us. I can, I can bring a little bit of Nebraska, you know, to uh, to Portland. I don't have to go to Omaha for a sandwich. That's where the Wild Kingdom is. And we're done. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio Correspondents. You know that... Uh, you know that uh, uh, Marlon Perkins was the he was the first uh, male nanny on My Three Sons, Tim. Just file that away. Between William Demarest and William Frawley. That's exactly right. Look it up. CNN Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins and James Roop part of today's broadcast, as was Don Taylor from Movies.com and Cinematical and Dax Holt from TMZ. Join us tomorrow when our guests include Oregonian music editor Ryan White. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper, is Dave Zinn. Webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Alpha Broadcast. Broadcasting, promotions, and marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. My name is Rick Emerson.
Emerson. Thank you for listening, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you tomorrow. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.